Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little program known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. It's good to have you on board with us. Smoking and Toasting is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Welcome to show number 198. We are super excited about today's show, and we'll tell you why in just a moment. But uh, Smoking and Toasting is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. The coolest shirts for cigar fans, they all start under 20 bucks. You can grab them for yourself or anyone you know that loves cigars at MyCigarShirts.com. And Ian, I just wanted to mention, you know, this is August. My birthday is in September. So if you're looking so for this a is where to good shop. gift suggestion for me for, uh, for my birthday, uh, feel free to go to MyCigar, MyCigarShirts.com. And uh, check it out. Those shirts are, there's really some cool stuff there. Uh, well, welcome uh, to show number 198, and welcome to our special guest appearing on Smoking and Toasting for the first time, uh, Liliana Rodriguez, our new tequila expert. I hope you don't mind that we that we refer to you that way. Well, I feel a little intimidated oh, with the word is, expert. I prefer <laughs> to be called a tequila aficionado okay. or a tequila enthusiast. Okay, those those are both acceptable, but and I know that you don't know our friend Chris Hart, but Chris Hart was named by Texas Monthly Magazine. He's been on the show a number of times, has his own show called Whiskey Neat, which is great. Um, he's been on the show a number of times, and, and he was referred to this last year in Texas Monthly Magazine. They referred to him as a whiskey expert. If Chris is an expert, you are an expert, trust me, and that's no... Uh, that's no slight to Chris, but uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't take that much knowledge really to be an expert in in something I think. But uh, but you're an aficionado for sure, and so I should explain how we came to meet Liliana. My my wife has known you for a long time, and she started showing me because she knows how much I love tequila. She started showing me some of your posts on Facebook because uh, you and her are friends on Facebook, mm-hmm. and she showed me one of your. Uh, tequila shelf it's like this huge shelf full of tequilas i was like so how do we get invited over to her house that was that was my first question and then the 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 next thing i thought was you know we really haven't we've had some you know tequila ambassadors on we've certainly done um uh, some tequila shows Stuart Skloss from uh Buda Vida tequila was on with us and we tasted some of their great stuff uh, but we really have never had someone on who could talk to us about the history of tequila and 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 some of the differences between the different expressions and and what to expect and so I thought well based just on what I'm reading in your posts I, I was dubbing you an expert already just from that so uh, so anyway yeah. we're we're thrilled to have you and you Thank brought you. lots of tequila oh my god look at all this uh, stuff uh, scattered around the room I see that in the front of the display here you put what I think is probably my absolute all time favorite tequila if not all time favorite spirit of any kind, which is Jose Cuervo's Reserva de la Familia. And I, I'm not a big fan of the regular Cuervo expressions. The Cuervo, Agreed. I mean, it, it's okay, you know, but it's not it's not something I go out of my way for. But this stuff, oh, man, did they ever nail it with this. And it's a different edition that they put out every year. And you were telling me just before the show 
you've got because they do the boxes are different every, every year. Every year since 1995, when Cuervo Distillery celebrated their first 200 years. Yeah. The wow. only one I missed, unfortunately, was the one associated with the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. So you missed the special stones. But I, box. we have all the others. Ian, show, I don't think we've had a chance to show that. That is this the latest box here? No, the I'm one? sorry. It should have the yeah. year written. I think somewhere. I've got the latest one. I I have not seen. This one, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Every this, year they uh, do a different box uh, and use a different mm -hmm. artist expression. Um, but Does anyway, have the year on anyway, the box. it's beautiful. I I love it. And and the artist. Two thousand and ten. There you go. That's not how did I miss that? Mm -hmm. Collection. Uh, oh, I see it now. Yes. Yeah, and they're beautiful boxes. And and uh, but even if I'd buy it, even if it was in a paper sack, because it's it's so amazingly mm -hmm. good so anyway thank that you for bringing awesome. all of this in you've also brought some things for us to taste and we're excited mm -hmm. about that we're also going to taste i've brought along i don't i don't want to call this a new tequila but it's new to me it was the first time i'd seen it on uh, the shelf at the uh, specs down in midtown where i am most likely to shop and it's tequila carrera and uh what i did was i got the reposado and the añejo and i thought we would talk a little bit. Why buy just one? Well, exactly. Why buy just one? Well, I thought we'd talk a little bit about when we do the tasting, we'll talk about the differences in flavors and what people should expect. If you're paying a little more to get an Añejo, what, what, should, you, what should you be looking for to justify the, the extra mm -hmm. expense that you, that you have? Uh, and that you, you know into. how I became interested in tequila, right? Well, I know you were born in Mexico. Yes. And I, I know that you have been interested in a long time, but I'm not yeah. sure how it started. Well, I, when I came to Texas in 1982, I think one of the, my, my, <laughs> the things that fascinated the most was my culture. Mm -hmm. So I started little by little through the Institute of Hispanic Culture to lecture about the Aztecs, uh, their knowledge of medicine, because I was in the medical field, uh, about cactus. Um, I grow cactus. I as saw a you're hobby. a member of a cactus yeah. society, society yes. of America. Oh <laughs> and so but awesome. then, because I was teaching at the medical school in the at UT in the medical center, I got invited from the University of Guadalajara for oh. the international program. Okay. So for 12 years, I was going at least twice a year. And during your free time, you know, you can do anything you want. So and tequila I becomes to, an option. Oh, yes. <laughs> I went there in every possible way, in the train, by bus, or using the chauffeur from yeah. the university. Yeah. So it was wonderful because I wasn't subjected to a tour at, for tourists. So, I was going. Right, he doing will your take me tour. to the little, to the, actual, to the little yeah. distilleries. And right, all that, right. So. so, well, let me just say: first of all, it sounds like an awesome experience, and secondly, if you're lecturing to students at the medical center. You have no reason at all to be intimidated by being on this show. I mean, we're just, we're just a couple of guys that drink stuff. Uh, that's about it, you know? And occasionally we smoke, which we'll talk about uh, uh, in a moment. I did want to mention we will be doing some beers on the show today as well. Uh, Eureka Heights has what I believe is brand new. I just saw it for the first time, and I grabbed one. It's their Von Wolfhausen. Yes. It's a Feist beer. Are you familiar with this beer? No, I haven't tried it yet. So I'm, I've heard about it, but I'm I haven't tried it yet. I'm wondering if it might be similar to the Gutentag, that, uh, St. Arnold, a similar style to the Gutentag. Yeah, I haven't read Saint up Arnold anything does. about it. I just I, I just know I don't it know exists. either, but we'll be tasting it today, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, from Denver, Colorado, Westbound and Down Brewing Company has done a beer with the best pandemic name I've ever seen. It's called Elbow Fives. 
as in, nice. you know, uh, instead of high fives, it's elbow fives. It's all elbows. Yep, yep. And so uh, this is a special edition uh, uh, double IPA. We'll be tasting that one. And then, um, Ian, you recall um, that when we did the uh, the all-together uh, beer, the one that's mm-hmm. the... Um, that's the, uh, just the, a few right, weeks ago, yeah. Right. Uh, the one that we tasted was uh, from Untitled Art out of Woodnocky, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was in uh, my specs and saw another beer from Untitled Art there, and I thought, oh, this is a four pack. I'll buy this. We'll try it on the show. And when I was checking checking out with it, the cashier freaked out. He was like, oh, there's a new Untitled Art. It was like so. I found out that he he is a huge follower of this particular uh, brewery, and oh, he nice. thinks that they're you know they're his favorite. And he uh, he freaked out because he hadn't seen the beer yet. But we'll <laughs> we'll be trying it today. It's the Untitled Art. Chocolate banana imperial stout. That sounds fun. So that sounds like a you know you see you see chocolate in a lot of things, but banana's not one that you usually see in a stout. That's true. Now my wife makes these great banana uh, shakes. They don't have any ice cream in them, but she blends them up. Uh, and banana is what you use to get the consistency, and she puts lots of chocolate in those, and they are delicious. So I'm used to chocolate and banana together as a flavor. Plus the frozen bananas. If you ever had a Frozen banana, okay, yeah, you, those have got chocolate on them. So, but yes, in a beer, you usually have banana or maybe you have chocolate. But I don't think I've seen one that's done them <laughs> together. So, so this should be interesting. A lot going on in the world. There's a major, major, major news story about uh, cigar rights. We'll be passing that along, and I'll give you a hint. It's good news. So that's uh, we've had. It's about time. Well, we got to do good news uh, a few weeks ago, and now there's even more. So that's something we'll uh, we'll share with you. EP Carrillo has a new contest where you could win a humidor, and it's pretty easy. So I'll, I'll you know we'll share that with you just to make sure you don't win a humidor and not know it. Because <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't be good, right? Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of uh, spirits and beer, uh, including news of a six-pack of fat tire beer. Retail price $100. What's up with that? I, I don't know what to say about that. I don't either. We'll tell you about that as well. So, um, And there, there will be drinking news uh, today. Liliana, drinking news is when we do a story that may or may not be about drinking, but it's always the type of story that's fun to hear when you are drinking. And so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll share that a little bit later on. So uh, so going to be a very full show, a very exciting week. Um, Ian, I was uh, wondering if you'd had an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week. I did. I uh I decided to uh to very much go the cruise route this time. Oh, really? So uh, you can guess just by saying that you went AJ Fernandez. That I went AJ you? Fernandez yes, this time. I thought so. <laughs> what did you try? The Witch Doctor. Oh, the Witch Doctor. Have you tried that? I have not. It's been out I think since uh 2014 or 2015, and I got some conflicting. Um, uh, uh, backstory on it. Apparently, uh, it's it was exclusive for JR cigars. Right, that's where I think I've seen it. Right the J- on the JR website. But I bought it at Casa de Monte Cristo, right off the shelf. Well, and and then one of the things said it was exclusive for um, serious cigars. Interesting. Well, so, serious cigars is what Casa yeah, used Casa, to be well, called. Well, it's, yeah. it's it's Casa it, de Monte Seri- Cristo at serious cigars. Right. I think is their actual name there. So so um. Uh, so I, I was a little confused by that, but either way, uh, I picked it up because it was interesting looking, and I thought, you know, uh, I hadn't seen this before, I hadn't tried it, so I figured I'd try it. Plus, it's got the coolest wrapper on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, AJ did 
really his start in the business was doing cigar lines for other companies. He did, you know, that's how Diesel got started. That's how uh, Diesels are great. Some of the other, um, some of the other cigars that he made early on, mm-hmm. before he started releasing them under his own name, and then eventually doing them for, you know. Um, you know, Monte Cristo and some of the other brands. But anyway, uh, so I agree. I don't like some of AJ's older blends nearly as much as I like what he's doing today. But uh, which doctor I've never tried, so I'm real curious what you found. So uh, the one I picked up is a Toro 6x50 mm-hmm. uh, box press, and it's a very nice box press. I mean, it feels real good in the hand. Uh, the wrapper is Sumatra, binder and filler are Nicaraguan. Um, the uh, appearance on this dark brown box press, oily, leathery, smooth wrapper, very firm feel overall, um, with a great label on it. I, I, I'm assuming uh, Adam put up the picture. I'm not looking at it right now. So, yep, I see it right now. Uh, the uh, pre-light sniff on this, pleasant barnyard leather coffee, a little exotic spice, hint of uh, black licorice on the nose. Um the pre-light draw on this, I used a clip. It had a light draw on it, tangy pepper and hay on the lips, uh, creamy coffee and chocolate on the draw with slight licorice and raisin in the aftertaste. The initial light, nice tangy pepper blast. It's it's that Nicaraguan tobacco mm-hmm. pepper blast mm-hmm. that you expect, but tempered down a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't just uh, spicy pepper. It had a tanginess to it that was really nice. Uh, backed by coffee and bitter chocolate right off the top. I really enjoyed the initial light on this cigar it was uh, it was very nice the first third of this pepper settles down a little bit coffee and creamy chocolate take over as the dominant flavors secondary flavors included earth leather licorice hay had a solid ash and a perfect burn on nice it. nice second third of this um, mellow sweet coffee and chocolate interplay they, they it got really sweet on me and it was very very nice uh, that was one of the biggest developments is how much sweetness came into this. Uh, you don't often think of sweetness when you think of uh, Nicaraguan no, uh, no, tobacco. No, no, but this you know? one had a lot of sweetness to it. Uh, the, uh, the It had uh, earthy hay and pepper and kind of a classic uh, A.J. Fernandez fashion uh, backing it up. Uh, dark toffee and licorice flavors kind of followed with a natural tobacco sweetness on the lips. And a and a, pender, uh, a peppery uh, linger on the palate that was really nice, you nice. know, like like mm-hmm. after the aftertaste right. kind of thing. The kind, just the kind that gives you that little tingle uh, mm-hmm. on your just, tongue, just yeah. a little bit, you know. Love it. The last third of this creamy coffee and chocolate remained. Pepper ramped up a little bit. Licorice was a little more present at the end of that. It got and and a little touch of mint. I started getting right towards the end of the cigar that that brought in. I really really enjoyed this. Um, this uh, I gave it a five and a half. Um, on this because it is not a super cheap cigar. It's eight dollars and thirty cents, so it's premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I think if you buy a box, it comes down a little bit from there. So I that might put it up right, to a yeah. six. But uh, at eight dollars and thirty cents, I gave it a five point five on our price to quality scale, and uh, and really enjoyed it. And I'll be going back and getting more of these. And you know, it was a pretty it was a pretty good smoke overall. Love it, Liliana. Our price to quality. When we talk about the cigars that we're that we're kind of giving some tasting notes on we use a scale of one to ten for price to quality but a five means you got exactly what you paid for the cigar was worth every penny if you feel like it punches above its weight class a little bit it might get a higher rating in this case ian gave it a a 5.5 if it gets lower than a five that doesn't mean it wasn't a good cigar it just means that relative to the cost you may or you may not have quite gotten as much as you could out of the uh, uh, out of the cigar experience. So uh, I did an interesting one today. It's the uh, Perdomo 
Habano Sungrown Robusto. And I, I did this. I had this one actually right uh, right before the show, but I was able to jot down a few notes. First of all, this is a really interesting cigar. It uses a Nicaraguan sun-grown wrapper, which they age for six years at least. And then they put it into bourbon barrels and age it for another 10 months inside the barrel. That's very patient. With yeah, boy, no kidding, because I'd be like, roll that baby up. <laughs> Let's smoke. Um, the filler tobacco all comes from Nicaragua as well, but uh, from three different regions of Nicaragua. Uh, the pre-light aromas on this were almost, and, and I, I wrote this word down in my notes, and I almost hesitate to use it because it sounds like I'm making a bad pun. They were almost intoxicating, not in a liquor way, but just in that, ooh. You know, yeah, you just uh, want to sit and Yeah, you just wanted to it. take it's it in. It's a beautiful cigar. Rich earth and leather, sort of a boozy vibe all on the pre-light, uh, but not like an infused cigar. If you've ever smelled like those rum cigars and stuff that you can buy that are like 10 for a dollar. Yeah, that's um, not so much. Right. They have that, You feel almost smells like it, the tobacco was dipped right. in, in the spirit. This is not that. It just, it was very subtle, but very, very present. Um, so once I lit it up, I could tell it was going to be a powerhouse, just like from the first puff, that it was going to be strong. Uh, big notes of spice and leather on the palate. Uh, a slight oakiness, which probably comes from the barrel aging. Mm-hmm. Um, the spice, though, it wasn't all pepper. It wasn't just that sort of traditional Nicaraguan pepper that you usually get on the front end of a Nicaraguan cigar. Um, instead, it, I, I don't know, it was really a bit hard for me to identify. I want to say a hint, a hint of red chili. It wasn't that pronounced, but it was it was definitely different from that usual sort of right. straight-ahead pepper. Uh, spice uh, flavors mellowed a little bit by the midpoint of the cigar, and I could start detecting a little more of the bourbon barrel aging uh, uh, taste in it. It wasn't strong, just kind of lying under the other flavors instead of like coming in and wiping them out. Sometimes when you get like the barrel aged, like the Camacho, that that becomes the sort of the very primary, yeah. more predominant. And this wasn't like that; it was more subtle. Um, once the uh, stronger spices faded out a little bit, I picked up some notes that were more like baking spices, which surprised me a little bit. Um, I'll bet that this cigar would have gone great with a St. Arnold Oktoberfest. Oh, it just had that that which is about s- to be out. Yes, I know. Very excited. So anyway, it was very full bodied all the way through the smoke, but the strength did not get in the way of the rich blend of flavors. Sometimes, if you get one that's real powerful. You kind of only get the force of it and not as much subtlety. This was That was not the case. Uh, construction was very good. It didn't burn razor straight, but it was fine all the way. Never needed tending. Really, really enjoyed this one. Nice nuances for it to be as full-bodied as it was. If this were a longer cigar, I'd, I'd give it an even, even higher rating. But at $8 for a Robusto, I'll give it a 5 I mean, it was definitely worth the eight bucks for the Robusto, but I'm now in my mind. See, when I'm trying to figure out what score to give it, I'm comparing it to, you know, Toros and Torpedoes that I've had that were at that same price range. Right. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a five. So solid five for uh, for this. I recommend it very highly, though, especially. And I've been doing this lately with the cigars I've talked about on the show. Uh, they're a bit of a change of pace from yeah, what I you know, grab what I might normally smoke. Right. Trying to grab something different. So so that one was. Uh, that one was a lot of fun. Okay, I'm so excited to talk tequila, and I'm so excited that Liliana is here. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will not only talk tequila, but we will taste tequila. because I'm thirsty. <clears throat> and I think there's a song somewhere in that. We'll be right back uh, on Smoking and Toasting. Thank you guys for joining us for show number 198. Almost, halfway to 200. Almost halfway to 200, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
love that bass line. Welcome yeah, back. Great. It's smoking and toasting. We are so happy to have you guys along for show number 198. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. If you're a fan of the show, go support our sponsor, MyCigarShirts.com. The uh, coolest uh, shirts for cigar fans, all starting under $20, and you can uh, grab one for yourself or for anyone you know who's having a birthday in September, you know, anything like that. It, it's it's a nice like trying to tell me something. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, you know. I'm just riffing, just off the top of my head. <laughs> just trying to support the sponsor here. MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out. Our guest is uh, Liliana Rodriguez. Liliana is uh, what we like to call her an expert. She prefers aficionado, but she knows uh, quite a bit about tequila. And she has brought with her uh, one that we're going to taste in this segment. And it's it's not one I've had before. I've had um, a number of the different expressions of Jose Cuervo, but this is the Classico Plata. And tell Tell me a little bit about what we should know when we're looking at the labels uh, for a bottle of tequila like this. Okay. Well, this is the, a Blanco tequila, right. also called sil silver or mm -hmm. plata. Right. That's the tequila that comes first out of the second distillation, right? Right. Because so tequilas is... are distilled twice. Right. And this one hasn't been put in tanks to age. But but the, the government allows or the Consejo Regulador de Tequila allows up to 60 days okay. to remain. It can remain in the, in the tanks before it gets bottled. But okay. it's usually not aged. But if they age it more than the 60 days, then it's, then not, it's not a, a Blanco. No, right. it's okay. not. Okay, okay. Gotcha. so there's a few things we always want to look at when we buy a bottle of tequila. First, we want to see if this was made from 100% agave. Uh, yep, that's very because, important. Because uh, some, as we're going to talk about later, are made with other sugars, molasses mm -hmm. or, or sugar canes. This is where headaches are born. Yeah, uh -huh. that's right. And, and <laughs> well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to add flavor mm -hmm. uh, without the benefit of maybe mm -hmm. aging the tequila to get that natural uh, flavor from the aging, correct? Correct. And then um, the other thing you want to see is that it comes from a reputable you know, organization. In, in, in this case, <laughs> Casa Cuervo is the yeah, yeah. oldest distillery in Mexico. They we are know. Reputable. But if it's not, just do a little bit of research. Mm -hmm. um, you want to see that it has an NOM number, and that is the Norma Oficial Mexicana. Okay. Each bottle of tequila that is legal or, you know, it comes from a reputable mm -hmm. organization um, has to have a designated can NOM. Show that to the camera? Yeah, yeah, let's okay. definitely do that here. Um, uh, hand that yeah. to Ian so he can uh, show, show the camera uh -huh. where that is. On and then the right yeah above, and and next to it above my finger there next to it you're gonna see the initials CRT okay. that is the Consejo Regulador del Tequila so it is a group of of it's a non for profit organization that is in charge of inspecting the distilleries and ensure that all the steps follow the designated norms by the government of Mexico. And um, if the, also if the distilleries are small and don't have a laboratory for quality control, they mm -hmm. can provide that. They can provide the lab. Yes. Sure. Okay, good. And uh, some years ago, there was a little bit of turmoil, and I think the government wanted to <laughs> get rid of the Consejo, but I think they're here to stay. Okay, good. It's good, so, good to know. Uh -huh. And uh, I was also going to ask you, it mm -hmm. can't actually be called tequila unless it's produced in a specific area of Mexico. Is that right? 
Uh, correct. And uh, that we're going to talk about that in the history, or you okay. want no, me to mention we'll, we'll, there's only a few states that okay. can make tequila. All that right. is Jalisco, the whole state. Mm -hmm. And then we have our areas in, 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 in um, Nayarit, in Guanajuato, in Tamaulipas, and also um, in Michoacán. So you could distill agave outside of that area, but you can't call it tequila. Yes, Correct? and the other major point is that it has to come from agave tequilana Weber, from that particular plant. Okay. Because there are many other agaves. You know, Mexico has the largest number of agaves in the world. Right. And if it, it comes from other types of agaves, we call it mezcal. Right. So in right. essence, tequila is a type of of mezcal. Okay, that makes sense. And mm -hmm. I want to I want to talk a little bit later on about mezcal and and what uh, you know, it's becoming more and more popular now as well and mm -hmm. and we can talk a little bit maybe about what people should be looking for in a in a good bottle of mezcal. But I don't want to delay the tasting any okay. further. So let's uh if you want to pass that over to Ian yes. and he'll, uh, and the he'll one, do the pouring for the us. The one thing I would like to mention is this is going to be the strongest but it has the most powerful aroma and the taste of the agave, the was, true yes. agave. Right. And this is what the connoisseurs like. I, I have noticed uh, in just the tequilas that I've enjoyed that you always seem to get a more distinct agave flavor in the Blanco. Once mm -hmm. the aging starts, you might still taste the agave, but it, all of these other flavors begin to, to come in, and it's not quite as much of a, a just pure agave taste. And the one thing I would like to add is is not for everyone. Right. Not everybody appreciates it, and some people just use it for preparing mixed drinks. Mm -hmm. Would you mm -hmm. mind passing Correct. some of those down? Yes. Pass a couple of those over here. Thank you. All right. I'll just mention my wife is sitting in the corner of the studio today because she had to come in because she was not going to miss Liliana. So she's sitting over there working remotely. Yeah. There we go. And mm -hmm. we'll pretend that no one knows that I just passed her a cup. She's drinking on the job. But that's what we do. We, this is our job. So uh, It's so not the worst job I've it's had. It's not the worst mm -hmm. job in the world. Uh, so this one is going to be much more straightforward with agave. What else in a Blanco should we be looking for so what makes purity, it a good blanco purity you want to mm -hmm. see that is completely crystalline mm -hmm. right that's exactly and what the, i was going to mention uh -huh. awesome. so um and of course you always want to smell take, take the taste nose, yes. now this is an old bottle of tequila and uh -huh. that's another thing that i want to mention i as a collector just bought them to display them and <laughs> and now i'm learning yeah. that you have to drink them you right. cannot keep them forever tequila doesn't get better with age, with age in like unlike right. mm -hmm. unlike a good wine mm -hmm. you know so yeah, in you the, have in to the bottle it, it's got it's got a lifespan correct so yes mm -hmm. at one point all of my bottles had a little sticker underneath that told me when and where did I get it. But unfortunately, I couldn't find it anymore. So <laughs> God knows, this could be a 25-year-old Oh, tequila. my goodness. Yeah, wow. So. <laughs> have you tried this yet? Yes, I have. This has uh, a beautiful pepper blast mm -hmm. and then a sweetness that just lingers. It really does. The sweetness delicious. is what you get on the, on the finish, and it kind of stays in there. Uh, it also is not... Um, sometimes the, the Blancos that I've had before... 
I notice they're not as smooth, and, mm-hmm. and so they give you a little more burn, a little more of that tequila hug on the finish. Mm-hmm. This one, for a Blanco, I think is very smooth. Yes. What do you think about the aftertaste? I love it. I, you know, It's much more agave than what we'll get to uh, later on with the reposados and the... Um, and the uh, uh, Añejos, almost but a citrusy kind of thing on yes, the nose. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Like a, um, it's, it's actually really delicious. Now, I like this so much better than I like a, a Cuervo Gold. So, oh, you know, this let is, me tell you, I, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. Speaking of that, this is the kind of like the equivalent, right. the salsa gold. That's a salsa gold. I have okay. bad news for you. These tequilas have really nothing really great. First of all, they're make a mix. Only 51% of the uh, sugars used in the first initial fermentation mm-hmm. are uh, f- from agave. Okay, right? so this is not, and this bottle you're holding, the Salsa no, Gold, is not 100% agave. No, it could be a mix, but also it could be a pure 100% agave, but then this is not the result of aging, the this color. golden color. Okay. You know where it comes from? Where? From uh, artificial, you know, colors or, colors. you know, things. So, yes. so, so is yes. that the case like with the Cuervo Gold as well? It's not gold because it's, it's not aged. Gold. And the Cuervo yeah. Gold years ago was initially uh, produced for the American market. Interesting. You know, two, two classical drinks, the mixed drinks that use tequila, the margarita, mm-hmm. and the tequila sunrise right. were developed in the United States. Okay, so those so came from the U- The margarita that, did not originate in Mexico. Yeah. Wow. Now, <laughs> now, this is, this is uh, of course, years ago when people didn't know any better that's the tequila that will sell the most mm-hmm. in the U.S. No, that's no longer the case. Mm. But that uh, uh, gold, it will be somebody, or it, it will be purchased by business that are going to use them in their Mixed machines and, with right, the frozen yeah. margaritas mm-hmm. and, and things like and that. And it does and not say 100% de agave on here yeah. anywhere. And it's also because purchased... Because it's probably... It's not. It's also and, purchased by college students. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if it was 100% agave, it, <laughs> it would, will act, have, it would yes. say it. Yep. And another big difference here, the 100% agaves by law, they have to be bottled in Mexico. Okay, got it. The mixed mixed tequilas they can be shipped to other countries and tanks or boats and and bottled there and they can do their own dilution with um you know the steel water or the the mineralized water and then bottled imported and bottled by salsa tequila import company chicago yeah yeah so so just as she (laughs) was saying that's a lot like a lot of information sneaking around on the label they get tanks of it basically shipped up there and they bottle it in chicago to be a good consumer, you have to read your labels, mm-hmm. and um, and you learn a lot by doing that. That's mm-hmm. well because this this Jose Cuervo Classico, this this is really delicious. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect from this because when I've had Cuervos other than the La Familia, um, I've always thought they were okay, but they never really really wowed me. This this one is quite good. You know, uh, it occurs to me that if you're if you're the person that harms uh, salt and lime when you drink tequila, 
this is nothing like that tequila that you're drinking. This, right. this doesn't give you that involuntary shudder when you take a sip. Right, right. Um, it doesn't give you what I call the... Uh, or the gag reflex. Yeah, uh, or what I call it the college experience. Yes, you don't get the college I, I just want to tell to Ian that tequila has moved up. Yeah. yeah, long are the days when you used to drink it with lime with salt and, and lime. salt. Yes, absolutely. Now tequila has well, its own riddle glass. I, uh, so that's an yes. actual tequila glass from Riddle. Riddle. That's Since great. 2001. Uh, uh, they yeah. partnered it with uh, Casa Noble and this uh, wonderful, you know, it's similar to a champagne glass. Right. And right. that directly nose. Yes. And, and of course, um, when we used to use the, the shot glass, oh, yeah, that's, that's no longer really acceptable. A, among the connoisseurs right. and the people tasting tequila. But, but it does it, take me back to college. Oh, yes. <laughs> and look, uh, there's been so many different styles. Oh, yeah. These are engraved by hand. I have a set of 20 that the Consul of Does Mexico. Does it have the agave on there? Yes. Uh, the camera that's that? awesome. The, the Consul of Mexico gave gave me that as a gift when I got mm-hmm. married in yes. 2003. So that but was you're not a tequila that. expert. You just have <laughs> gifts. Tequila gifts from the Consul of Mexico. Now, look at this one. Oh, the, now this uh, is That's a, a, a typical Mexican style of drinking shots among your friends they right. all have jokes okay, that one so says wine and cigars kill your neurons but don't <laughs> worry because you never use them uh, <laughs> right. that's great that's awesome <laughs> nice uh well this is good. so since we're talking about glasses let me i brought a couple of the tequila glasses that i have up in my uh cupboard and this one came uh when i bought a bottle of uh, Grand or Indian, it it came with a couple of these. Mm-hmm. Is this an appropriate shape for tequila? Yes, I will say for a for an añejo. You okay. want a, right something where you you're, should yeah. enjoy an añejo just the way you enjoy a good cognac. And then I've also got one of the. It's mm-hmm. a little thicker glass, but you can see the. Mm-hmm. the I was going to say it looks exactly same. like a cognac glass. Yeah, and it now really does. I got to visit the Orendine Distillery. Um, some years ago, mm-hmm. these are the ones they use for the tasting. Oh, uh, that's they, so they, great. It's yeah, they're like beautiful a little clay jars. Uh, uh, yes. awesome. um, here's that's another great. one oh, from uh, Tequila Reyes. So, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of different styles. Um, but now among the connoisseurs, they, they do like a wider mouth. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the purpose is so you can So you can sniff, sniff yeah. it. You get the yep. nose and the yeah. uh-huh. This it. is Aroma. another old one and um, very narrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing I like to critique, you know, I always look at everything. I don't like a cactus being on the cu- uh, right here, right, on the... On this glass. Cactus it doesn't have anything be. to do with tequila, right? Ish, exactly. <laughs> Same thing with this. Oh, see, now we've seen, I've seen the this porfirio. before in a, in a larger uh, yeah. bottle, but uh, what you is see, that? it's got a You it's know got what is that? That's like a It's a pear. saguaro. Oh. <laughs> Saguaros have nothing to do with tequila. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm very critical about that. <laughs> so <laughs> She and Wade Woodard would do I actually along. was in Saguaro uh, National Forest. Oh, beautiful. Been um, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last month. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's, this is funny because this uh, this one has the prickly pear. Yeah, the prickly pear cactus, but a lot of it's made out of limes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what yeah. is Jose Cuervo telling you? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's a very old one. That's pretty well, funny. Liliana, here okay. on smoking and toasting, we use a very special tequila glass. It's uh, it's 
plastic in it. Uh, it comes no, in large quantities. It does have a wide mouth. <laughs> it wide does. mouth. It does. I like that. And this tequila is tasting really good coming out of it. <laughs> All right, uh, Ian. I passed you a beer over there. Let's uh, let's switch to beer for a moment and uh, and talk about. I'm really excited to taste this. Talk new about beer von Wolfhausen. Von Wolfhausen. It's a Feist beer. It has from, a pretzel uh, man on it. Yeah. So that that kind of gives away what. I'm expecting the beer to be like, but uh, but we'll have I'm to gonna see. I'm going to need a couple more cups over here. I will pass them your way, and uh, if you'll give us Liliana. We also enjoy okay. creating um, really authentic this, sound this effects. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and so Ian's going to do that for us now. Oh, yes, oh. that was great. That was great. <laughs> Um, all right, when, let me pass the rest when of this creating cup. when creating sound effects, we actually have to sacrifice a beer every time we want right. to make a beer opening sound effect. But, but you know, it should be it should be noted that you know beers may be sacrificed, but they're never wasted. You know, that's an important. You thing. know, they drink a lot of beer in my family. Yeah, uh, my mama used to enjoy two beers for lunch and two beers for dinner. Oh, that's and great. Uh, <laughs> I was I think I was already in my twenties when I tasted my first uh, beer. Okay. And my mother used to tell me there's nothing like a cold beer to you know, to cure the thirst in a hot day. Well, you're and she, now she I was know right about that. Yeah, she, she was right. <laughs> Did you uh, help pass a few on. of those over there. Thank you. Alright. There you go. That should be good. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Um, yes, so yeah, we have Adam. the little Adam, the little uh, German style pretzer man on here. It says Feist beer is the best beer. Uh, yep, yep. I'm guessing this is uh, an Oktoberfest of sorts, even though it doesn't say October anywhere on the can. It says uh, Pilsner, Vienna, and Munich malts join forces in this malty German Feist beer. Yeah, it already I can tell just from the nose. I want a pretzel. Oh, it smells delicious. Yeah, crisp really and do. easy to drink, so you can eat way more pretzels. Uh, it's great with a little sausage. Yeah. Oh, I bet. See, that's that's perfect. Um, something something you just said activated Siri on my uh, iPad. I don't know what it was. <laughs> you mean I could drive you crazy just by saying, "Hi Siri." Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I think she responded to the word Feistbier. I don't know, uh, but uh, but if so, uh, Siri is really one of those AIs that learns. You know what I'm saying? If, you, if she's responding this to is, uh you mentioned the Oktoberfest earlier. Oktoberfest usually has a little bit of um, a little bit of spice, right? And, a little uh, bit of that this, sort of pumpkin pie kind of spices, maybe uh, baking that, spice kind baking of thing. Spice makes you really think have of a lot of that. It, it, it's very pretzel dough, though. Mm-hmm. Very much, um, very you get bready, more, especially you get in more the, the aftertaste. The sort of baking spice bread kind the of the retro hail. I mean, it smells like fresh baked bread right it, through it, my nose. It really is. Um, Really is pretty refreshing and delicious, but it does make me think of the fall a bit. Yes, uh, yeah. well, it's 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 way more malt profile. There's enough hops in here to uh, finish it nice and crisp, mm-hmm. but it's way more malt forward than what you expect. So this would be like almost the opposite of an IPA, right? Right. So, and much like you mentioned earlier, the uh, Gutentag from uh, Saint Arnold. This is a little more along that style of. Kind yeah. of the anti-IPA, I think. Uh, I, I kind of like this thing that's happening. They'd be interesting to taste side by side because Guten I haven't Tag had a Gutentag. is, is yeah. sweeter than this. Yes, that's what I'm remembering. It's a little yes. sweeter and maltier than this. It doesn't finish quite as crisp and clean, but I like I like that in this, too. I like yeah, the, this this is actually quite good. I could see this being... How are you a, feeling about the Feist beer? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The one I like uh, comes from San Arnold's. I've been drinking that one for a long time. Which one the is amber. it? 
Oh, oh the, the Amarillo. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And that's my a great second beer. best is Bohemia from oh, Mexico. Bohemia. Nice, but, yes. You know, Heineken took over Cerveceria Cuauhtémoc in Monterrey, mm -hmm. where I am from, and that's one of the big, largest breweries in 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 Mexico. And uh, I will say that the taste changed a little bit. You know, we, yeah. that happens. We've With, seen that happen. Uh, you know, here in the United States, we've seen you know Anheuser Busch has taken over a number of. Um, craft breweries that started out, you know, as totally independent, they get bought up by Anheuser Busch. In some cases, the beer has remained pretty consistent. In others, you know, there's been some changes here and there. Mm -hmm. Our uh, own local, uh, we're we're in Houston, although we're heard all over the world, uh, all over the world. Our own Hi, local uh, Carbach Brewery, yeah. uh, which was acquired by uh, Anheuser Busch, they're actually about to open uh, a new brewery in uh, Tom Tomball. Huh. I don't know why I can't say Tombaugh. Um, Chris Jurgen, who's a brewmaster for Carbach, uh, is bringing a new brewery to his uh, hometown of Tombaugh. He uh, founded CCJ Collaborations, and they got their approval to uh, put a new production brewery and restaurant facility in the Tombaugh Business and Technology Park. Um, the name has not yet been announced, so I'm wondering if this is not actually a second Carbach brewery. I don't know. But it's something he's, uh, Tomball has a, something a he's brewery, doing on his own. Tomball has a brewery called uh, Red Ant Brewing. That yes, is I've heard of Red Ant. outstanding, and uh, their beers are really good. Their, uh, their food is outstanding there. It's a nice place. Um, by the way, while we're talking about uh, things that are local here, I just wanted to mention this before we take our uh, break. Um, our, our good friend... And a cigar retail expert for the show, because now we have experts. See, we have yes. a, a whiskey expert, we have a, a tequila expert. That's that's still what we're going to call We've now become you. part of our yeah, collection. That's right. <laughs> okay. We have a legal expert, uh, Trey Boring. Uh, and we also have um, our local expert on cigars and retail, uh, Alan Denning. And he's a good friend of ours, even though some might suggest that no one cares about him. The fact is, both Ian and I care about him, so I wanted to mention True. this. His shop. The Galveston Island Cigar Lounge in Galveston uh, is in the running for an award in the retail shopping section of galvnews.com. So we're going to ask you guys, even if you live in Michigan or somewhere else, do us this favor. Go to galvnews, G-A-L-V news, dot com slash reader's choice, and in the retail shopping section... Vote for the Galveston Island Cigar Lounge for best lounge in the county. There you go. That's our that's our boy Alan. So we're we're going all out to support him here. And that uh, is a great lounge. They put it, out. Uh, it's so much fun. You can actually. Uh, they put a new. Uh, um, uh, they put some beams out there and put a dock out there, so you can actually boat right up, that's tie great. off, yeah, have cigars, that's great. boat away. And and there is uh, probably not a more enjoyable cigar experience than sitting on the back deck there at his shop. Oh, and if you smoking. get a chance to be there at sunset, sit oh, on the back deck and watch the sunset. It really is oh. fantastic. It is amazing. It really yeah. is fantastic. And, you know, mm -hmm. you can do it and stay socially distanced and be outdoors. So, you know, blow off Sturgis this year <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then go to the Galveston Island Cigar Lounge and check our buddy out. He's uh, he's a good friend, and, and we, we love what he's doing down there. Okay, let's take a break. We're going to come back in our next segment I think what we want to do is talk a little bit about uh, the history of tequila. And I'd like to taste, side by side, the Tequila Carrera 
uh, Reposado and the Añejo. We've done a Blanco now, so you can kind of talk us through what we should be expecting okay. uh, when we taste these uh, two tequilas side by side. So thank you guys for joining us for this tequila-centric uh, episode of Smoking and Toasting. It's number 198. Our guest is Liliana Rodriguez, and we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting show number one hundred and ninety-eight, uh, and we are talking tequila today. Uh, the title of the show is uh, "When I Taste Tequila," which I think I borrowed from somewhere. I don't remember. Um, maybe just an enormous hit song that topped the country in the pop charts. Maybe that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, we are talking tequila, and I've been looking forward to this show uh, because I knew we'd be You've doing been talking about it. Yeah, for a while. We, I knew we'd be doing this, and I've been very excited about. It. We also had really been looking forward to show number two hundred, which is now. Only a couple of shows away because we were going to do our big our big bash for 200. Obviously, with all of the social distancing uh, that needs to be happening right now, it's not going to really be possible for us to get that many people together and and have them all on the show. We, we will have show 200 in exile. Yes, yes, we will. We will do our bicentennial celebration. It will just be later. So, uh, Liliana, when we do. You will be invited because we'll be sending out an invitation to everyone who's ever been a guest on the show. Now, obviously, not everybody can make it. Some people live too far away or have other things going on. But we'll have a nice large group of people. Everyone will bring bottles and cigars and beers, and it'll just be... Well, show number 100 went on for about four hours. Well, great. So, I so don't you're smoke invited. cigars, well, but I'll be here as and long drink. As, as long as you can hang out with us while we yes. do, it'll be it'll be awesome. <laughs> so so we'll let you know when it's happening and where it's going to be, and we'll all get together, and, uh, and we'll stream the whole thing live, and it'll be a blast. Speaking of smoking cigars... It has been a great week for cigar smokers in the legal area. Barring an immediate ruling in its favor, um, the cigar industry could not have had much better news or a much better day in court than it had two days ago. Judge Amit P. Mehta of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia used most of his words during this hearing to criticize the legal strategy and regulatory plans for the FDA. And sometimes he was even at a loss for words, according to the article in Half Wheel. Um, At stake today was whether the lawsuit should proceed in in light of the fact that last week the FDA announced, probably anticipating that this wasn't going to go well, that they were planning to defer their enforcement of these extremely onerous new regulations as they pertained to the premium cigar industry. And Liliana, what, what's been happening is um, because of, of vaping and the popularity of those, you know, uh, kind of like convenience store little cigarellos mm-hmm. and the fact that great flavored been, cigar right, wrappers. That they've been getting into the hands of uh, some underage kids uh, from time to time and they'd been smoking, there was this sweeping regulatory law that was passed but had not yet gone into effect. Uh, and it not only imposed regulations to try to uh, to control that, but it it imposed all kinds of regulations on the premium cigar industry, on a business that you you never see 
a yeah. 16-year-old kid When's walking into the cigar shop. When's the last time you saw a 16-year-old yeah. kid walking yeah. around with one of these? Right, exactly. Spending, you know, $15 on a uh, uh, an, an expensive Patron cigar. And, and so the regulations, while you could argue that they might have been good in some areas, they, they shouldn't have applied to premium cigars. There are already regulations. There are, uh, you know, there are warning labels on the box. You can't... You, uh, an underage kid can't go into Stogie's or Casa de Monte Cristo and buy uh, cigars. They mm-hmm. won't let you. They ID you, and they, they won't let you do it. So, so it was a ripple effect. Right. It was a know. ripple effect. And so the cigar industry, the premium cigar industry, has been arguing and fighting against this for a long time. And next week, our legal expert, uh, Trey Boring, will mm-hmm. be on the show. He'll bring us right up to the minute on it. But it was a huge victory because the judge basically said, yeah, uh, this is ridiculous, and it should not apply. The FDA had already indicated they were going to delay the implementation of enforcing this new law, which was supposed to go into effect September 1st. And most people in the industry are saying they did that because they knew they were not going to have a good day in court uh, mm-hmm. at this particular but, hearing. But still something needs to be done to protect the health of our young people. I agree totally with mm-hmm. that. Yep. But they are not walking into premium cigar shops and ordering expensive premium cigars. Well, we had, it's just a couple not what years they do. ago, you brought in an article that um, that I absolutely yes. love. The FDA spent however much money, like tens of thousands of dollars. Probably even more than that, yeah. Or, or I, I don't even have a realistic idea of, of what it is, but you know, tens of thousands of dollars uh, on this uh, survey to find out how many people under the age of 18 are smoking premium cigars. And they found out it was something like a nominal two percent. Yeah, yeah, and and not in more smoking had ever had ever had yes. ever. And 2%. I would and I would almost guarantee that in some cases, those were instances where, you know, it's uh, like my friend Dave did this when his son uh, Sam was, uh, you know, probably about sixteen. They they had a big you know birthday party and he let. He gave Sam one of his cigars, let him smoke it if he wanted to. I bet most of them are even in situations like that right. where there's actual parental, you know, uh, it's not, Sam couldn't just walk into nope. any place he wanted back then and buy a, a cigar. So, uh, I, I, yeah, it's it, they it's spent all that money ridiculous. on this study to do something that they could have figured out by asking any cigar shop owner anywhere yes. in the and world. And I guarantee you how many cigar shop owners have to actually card their people and be like, yeah. you are not old enough to smoke a cigar. Yeah. I, I I, how many sixteen-year-olds do you think Alan Danny turns away? In a, none, they don't go in there. It's a not, year, yeah, at a they cigar don't, shop, they don't go in there. It's none. not happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So, anyway, so it's a big day uh, this week for the cigar industry, and I'm very uh, excited to say that things are beginning to finally look good after a very long time of them looking like it was going <laughs> to potentially put a lot of. Uh, smaller cigar companies and a lot of cigar shops out of business because some of these regulations were just so incredibly ridiculous. So thrilled to uh, thrilled to see that cooler heads are beginning to prevail. That's and that's a good thing. heads with any sense in them. Exactly. exactly. I, I want to point out. I wanted to thank you. I'm, I'm going to pour this tequila while we're talking, but mm-hmm. I wanted to thank you for doing the pre-opening on this. Oh yes. Uh, so uh, that way I don't have to fiddle with any of the plastic or anything. I like knew that. you would appreciate that. So last night I made sure I. Put the plastic off and made sure that the top unscrews. These right, are screw right. top uh, mm-hmm. bottles here. Made sure that they unscrew. Did you also the seal. make sure that the tequila works on the inside? Yes, that okay. I felt. I felt that was important. I didn't want to. You know, listen. I don't. You know, 
we get accused sometimes of liking everything that we try, which isn't mm-hmm. the case. But I, I do want it, if this was really horrible tequila, I didn't want to bring it in and subject you to it. So and remember, Ian, you have to check that is one hundred percent agave. That's right. That's that right. it has the CRT seal and I, the NOM number. I actually, while while you guys were talking, I actually looked at all of that on here. They're <laughs> very proud of it. They yeah. have the NOM number on the front and on the yeah. back. Ah, on see, this that's one. that's very uh, good. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about reposados. Okay. Um, the age of the reposado, they, they have to be stored in oak barrels. Okay, it has and to be oak. It, so it has changed like a, over the years. Sometimes it has been two months. Sometimes it's six months. But the current law is at least two months. Okay. Now, the oak barrels come from different countries. That's mm. one interesting thing. They come from Canada, the United States, or France. And, and the second fr- interesting thing is that they have been previously used. Okay, I was just about yes. to say, these are not for, fresh oak for, barrels. For They're- bourbon, right. for wines, for brandies, different things. So every single component that has been there is going to add to the particular Tequila, so this right? is this is why when we taste one reposado, it, it may have much different flavors than, than another one. The flavors are going to be what has come from this barrel aging, uh-huh. correct? So now let's describe a little bit. The flavor is going to be less harsh, right, than a blanco, and but we can still going to be able to taste the agave. Mm-hmm. And again, the oak, the type of oak barrel is going to provide a subtle influence. It could be vanilla or it could be spice. And right. also you could have some sweetness. So enjoy. <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple of things I want to talk about since you got me reading these labels. First off, um, on the front of this, they give you the NOM number that you were mentioning. So that's, that's right there up front. 100% de Gavi is on here. Um, Category 100% pure de agave, uh, pro de agave, uh, distillation, double distilled. That's pretty standard, right? Right. The double distilled. Double distilled because just tequila's always, always. still reposado. And then region, highlands. Okay. Is that the, a normal thing? Like different regions? Like that's Scotch very has. good. Let me tell you why. Um, the blue agave only grows in two regions and um, around Tequila Jalisco which is a volcanic area, and the Mm -hmm. soil is very rich, but also in the high lines nearby in Amatitan, and both Tequila and Amatitan are are about um, 30 miles away from Guadalajara. Okay. And in the high lines, it has been studied and, you know, published, and it's well known that the best agaves come from that area. Oh, wow. From the altos in so it's so it's that's why they're proud of this on the bottle. Yeah, man. this yeah. is a and you know that agaves take about eight to ten years to mature to mm-hmm. be ready to be right? ready to be harvested. And and and, and, yeah. and 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 there's no irrigation systems. You know these plants survive from mother nature. Totally in the in the totally wild. Totally yeah. in the wild. But the farmers, all the growers, and there are many many now. This industry is supporting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, because it takes so many years. Some of them use part of the land or the roads in between the agave plantations to grow other crops. Okay. Like they might grow uh, garbanzos. Mm-hmm. or corn and that that's great because imagine waiting 
you know, ten, eight to ten right. years. For that agave plant to get <laughs> to when, when, when payday when yeah, payday right. only comes eight to ten years <laughs> apart, that's a tough one. Now, did you know why it's called the agave tequilana Weber? No. Oh, okay. There was a, a famous uh, researcher from uh, Germany. Uh, Alfred Weber, mm-hmm. and in the in 1982 he gave the designation to the blue agave, the the correct uh, scientific name agave tequilana, and in his honor they added mm. Weber, and let me tell you they call it the blue agave and they they're not lying when you're driving the from Guadalajara you see those fields, fields of blue, huh? and they're beautiful oh that's i awesome. get goosebumps uh, <laughs> they're they're blue it's it's a really beautiful that's experience awesome. i love it i love it mm-hmm. this um I, I find this tequila to be quite good it's it's very oaky very oaky and i'm going to say something i don't think i've ever said when describing flavor of a tequila before <laughs> I almost get a little bit of the flavor of pear on huh. the finish to this. It's at least that's how I'm in, in, interpreting it. It's it's just really light and uh, and fruity, but it's not a citrusy fruit. There's and a it's fruity not, element. It's to not it. strong enough of apple. It's more more subtle, maybe like pear. That's that's what I'm getting on it. Can you smell? Can you, I'm yeah. sorry. Can you smell the? Agave? Yes, I was going to say definitely agave on the nose, and that's the first flavor that hits the palate. But then, uh, but then as you uh, as you swallow and get the finish on it, uh, and it is very smooth. This, this bottle has actually a lot of information on it. They're very proud of this. They have the um, mm-hmm. it's uh, eighty proof or forty percent. Uh, <clears throat> it's cooked in a stone or brick oven is what they use for mm-hmm. cooking the for agave. Cooking the agave, yeah. Uh, crushing, they used a roller mill. So they're telling all this is on the bottle. That's yes, fascinating. fermentation stainless steel tanks. Uh, still type was a copper pot. Distillation double distilled water source deep well water. Aging time three to five months. This one's interesting. Barrels American white oak virgin barrels. Virgin. Mm, That's one new trend. Some people have opted for. Uh, using just and I think brand, brand new, brand new, and and you know how much those oak barrels are? Oh, they must be expensive. Yeah, they, they when they come from yeah. the United States, then c- can be up to a hundred dollars. But if you buy them from France, they're four hundred dollars. Wow! So, uh, but that's so a they, new trend. Yeah, uh, so, so there is some, some expense some in doing that. Tequileros are choosing. Brand new. Yeah, but there's you know a what little of that do? kind of youngish oak astringency yes. to mm-hmm. the uh, to the finish that really, really does it. Also, if it was a charred barrel, I would expect, uh, and I don't, uh, I don't get a whole lot of vanillins uh, mm-hmm. in here. There's not a lot of vanilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Actually, I, I don't actually detect any real vanilla flavors in here. Sugar. And certainly, you uh, get like cane some sugar in- a little bit, and. Um, not that there is cane sugar in, but it has a little bit of that cane sugar uh, kind of earthy taste to mm-hmm. it, and uh, the other things we mentioned. But that oak is a really, really raw, astringent oak to it that I really enjoy. You're right. It, the the aged or the mm-hmm. previously used barrels would likely have imparted more of the vanilla uh, well, you would, flavorings. Yeah, you would get that and, char yeah, in right. the, uh, or, or if you char it, you right, know, because right. what, that's what they do. So, you know, before they're going to use mm-hmm. them, they char. And sometimes they repeat the process after a mm-hmm. uh, couple of years or so. They, they can be recharged. Re- re-char. I actually, now, actually worry one, a little bit. You mentioned um, sugar cane, Ian, but this one is 100% agave. This no, one I, doesn't. I, I realize that, but it does have a little of that sugar cane flavor. 
flavor, kind of a flavor like that to it, earthy yes. kind of sugary. Maybe sugar in the raw turbinado sugar. Not, mm-hmm. not that it's in there, but there's a little, a, a little, little bit of that flavor. Yeah, and of course we have to mention is much uh, softer than a blanco, right? Yes, it's not absolutely. as harsh. It, it's definitely mm-hmm. definitely got a little more smoothness. Are to we it. moving fact, straight on to the? Um, yeah, we want to kind of do these side by side. Okay. I think so. Okay. Let's let's go ahead and do the añejo in this segment. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do these together. So it's the same uh, again. You line. pre-opened. Yes, I did. And, and, but and I, I will also check. mention that you may have noticed, Ian, that um, I had to do a little deeper and longer quality check on the añejo, even mm-hmm. than I did on the reposado. So, well, there's it, a little more best, of it that's if gone. If you're not sure what's happening, sometimes it's best to double quality yeah, check. Err on mm-hmm. the side of caution. That's what yeah. I try to do. And you know, the word añejo yes. comes from the word año. One year, one year, which okay. was the original, uh, so original storage and añejo for añejos, one year. right? And and then it started to fluctuate, and then so people think that the longer they put it in the barrel, the better. So some tequilas might have been in an oak barrel for eighteen months or two, and then that created eventually the last category, which is the uh, extra. Uh, the, yeah. Yes, extra the añejos. extra yeah. añejos. Now the extra añejos will have to be in the oak barrels. A minimum of three years. Okay, but you know, and of course, we talk about all kinds of spirits on here, and it's it's interesting because three years, you're like, wow, extra añejo, three years, mm-hmm. and yet if we're talking um, if we're talking whiskey, three years is nothing. I mean, it not, not it's not nothing, but it's it that's not considered a a very bold age statement mm-hmm. for a whiskey. A that's three the year. beginnings of a whiskey, uh-huh. right? Exactly, and so it's just interesting to me that uh, that añejo tequila. Or extra añejo, considered to be the most age of the tequilas, it doesn't take nearly as long. What takes longer with the tequila is the growing of the plant the itself. Of plant. Yeah. But I think the 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 lack of aging. I I, I don't I, I don't say that with the right word. Um, the fact that it doesn't need to be aged for ten years or twelve years also lends to the fact that a really really great tequila doesn't also have to start at $60 like right, scotch. Right, exactly. So I think because that the turnaround's faster, it's just uh, it's not as an expensive a process, although the agave plant does take a while to I uh, I use, uh, when I'm making uh, margaritas, uh, I use a, <laughs> a Reposado tequila from a company called El Amo, and I get it in these enormous <laughs> jars that are too big to, enormous bottles that are too big to put on my shelf, and it's like $23 for this enormous mm-hmm. thing. It's like, it's unbelievable. And and I've had that tequila and it can straight. Be that good yeah. for that. I've, I've had it, we've had it here on the show, actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring the enormous bottle, but we've had it here on the show, and it was, it was very good. Now, it's not my favorite tequila in the world mm-hmm. for sipping, but the point is the cost of it is so low that I can use a Reposado that's got really great flavor in it in margaritas, and it really yeah. enhances the flavor Every of the Wednesday is Margarita Day at my house. Okay. And we use Reposados. <laughs> um, my favorites, um, I use uh, Centenario. Mm-hmm. Very like good. Centenario. Or Patron. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another good one. I will never use an añejo for a margarita. Okay, that's so I, wa- a, I wanted that's to ask a you about that. Scene. Yeah. So I <laughs> wanted to ask you about the because sometimes you go to a restaurant and you're looking at their drink menu, and particularly if they have more than one kind of margarita, mm-hmm. you'll notice that they're using 
a Don Julio Añejo or something like that. It really is just it's a waste of good yes. tequila, right? It's not, it's not necessary. It's not necessary to get the flavors you need for the margarita. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really, that one with the Añejo isn't a better margarita than the one made with the Reposado, yeah. correct? Now, let's talk a little bit about what you're going to oh, taste now. With the okay. splash of Grand Marnier, though, it's pretty good. Well, mm. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but we use Grand Cointreau. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. I use the, um, uh, and I think that Stuart Scloss brought some of it um, when he was on yeah, the, the show. Yeah, we have some of that at the house. It was that uh, uh, Cointreau, I think it's called. Uh, it, it's really wonderful, mm-hmm. really wonderful. But um, but t- okay. tell us a little bit about Añejo. Okay. What should we be expecting now that we're tasting these Side by side. First, let's just mention that Añejo, minimum one year, right, in Mm -hmm. oak barrels that may or may have not previously used to Mm -hmm. store another liquor. And that's going to have an influence on the taste. But also that by law, they cannot be stored in barrels um, greater than um, 600 liters. Oh, so there's a size limit. And and basically the reason for that I would guess is that the smaller the barrel, the more liquid to wood contact yes. that's going to mm-hmm. happen. So. And this says uh, on here everything's the same as the last one except for the aging time is twelve to fifteen months. So still American white oak virgin barrels, everything else is identical. But you should expect okay a darker color. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be smoother and it's going to be more mellower. And then you might. Again, capture some flavors depending on what was stored in those barrels before. I don't have as much of the now, uh, Reposado left, but you can see the color mm-hmm. difference there yeah. uh, between the two with this being the Well, Añejo. if I put the bottles next to each other, you yeah. can see. Right. Mm-hmm. You can, to- you can see it totally there. We're a little darker here than we are so, here if I have. So it, we, uh, we don't know what was housed in those barrels before, right? right? right. But anyway, so once you have those barrels in the, in the storage areas that have to be dark, and dry as much as it can, but there's still some humidity might be necessary. Mm-hmm. When I visited and toured the Sousa Tequila Distillery, they actually have a system, it's complex, but creates, uh, creates a mist around the barrels. So that they don't, ev- the so mm-hmm. they don't evaporate inside, right, which is right, another risk sense. with oak, oak barrels storing some uh, liquid for so long. Yeah, right. You the have to control share. the, the angle, angle share. share. You have to reduce it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. This one picks up a little more of that pepperiness, uh, especially yes, on the aftertaste. It's and I do get some little hints of vanilla here, even though yeah. uh, these uh, were apparently also virgin barrels. Uh, it it does have a little more of that. Añejo flavor. I will say though, it's not nearly as caramely, mapley, vanilla as a lot of the añejos that we've tried. Right, and that probably has to do with the barrels. That would be my guess. But there is a little of that here, and it's also really smooth. Let me tell Very you a new something in, among the new trends. Um, uh, what is the call? Código. The Código mm-hmm. Tequilas. That now they have their own George Strait. Yes, uh, yes. That we can talk later about. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Yes. Um, they are actually buying barrels, not from Canada or from France, or they're buying them from Napa. So, so some of their barrels, añejos yeah. have housed 
uh, uh, Cabernet. Cabernet. Yeah, yeah. Right. So again, you're gonna have a product that is different gonna have flavors, a completely yeah. different flavor. Yeah. Well, it, it's and, fascinating. And, and 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 then when they make that reposado. Guess what's going to happen when you store uh, red wine for many, many years and then you put a tequila? It's going to change that color. Color. Yeah, they have a, a rosa. Yeah. Tequila right. rosa or right. rosé. Now, what about the, the uh, plata tequilas, the ones that... Uh, the ones where they're crystalline, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for the right word, but it's the ones where they basically filtered them to remove the, the color. Okay. Uh, because because I've seen some some tequilas, we've had some here on the show, that were mm -hmm. they were not um, clear because they were a Blanco. They'd had some aging to them, but they were still a clear liquid. Is, mm -hmm. it, that seems to be becoming a trend as well, is it? Yes. Um, the, a new trend also, uh, the worst organic Mm -hmm. The words uh, gluten-free. Have you seen? <laughs> I didn't know there was gluten in tequila. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, that, but, but hey, they're using it yes. as a buzzword for yeah. a new, you and, know. And it's completely completely vegetarian. Vegetarian, And if yes. you put it in a skull. Yeah. <laughs> no animal cruelty involved. That's right. That's absolutely oh, right. Well, I was What's the uh, crystal skull one? Uh, oh yeah, the crystal skull tequila. Yeah. By the way, I was I noticed this uh, <sighs> when I was shopping for this. They're not using the skull anymore. They've changed the bottle. It's mm -hmm. a more ornate bottle that looks, you know, a little more like this one. But it is, um, uh, it's not, it's not quite as crafted. But it's got the uh, Day of the Dead um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, skull face on it. But they've changed it. I guess. Maybe they thought they were being too gimmicky. Now I'll I'll tell you right now, one of my very favorite tequilas is in one of the most gimmicky bottles it's of true. all time. It's true. I love it, but that's only because I love all the Day of the Dead art and and yeah. stuff like that. Uh -huh. But the Skelly uh, Añejo tequila, oh, that stuff mm -hmm. is wonderful, and it's it's so dangerously easy to drink. Mm -hmm. You really almost don't feel any heat from it at all, and you can. You can put away quite a bit of it very quickly if you're not careful. Since you had that beautiful um, iguanas uh, uh, this bottle. This is a gorgeous uh, bottle. Yes. Let me just uh, give a, a word of caution. Mm -hmm. I, I love it when I saw it. I immediately bought it for my collection. But remember, sometimes these elaborate bottles don't come with good sealing. This yes. one still has the package seal around it. But, but I'm check holding it. it, and it feels like maybe there's that much tequila in it. Sadly, I found it out, out that they're evaporating. And uh, so. We're going to have to, wow. my husband and I started drinking all those 200-plus bottles of tequilas <laughs> we have in the collection. Well, these are the, uh, as I'm fond of saying, these are the kinds of problems to have. But, uh, but yes, uh, you're right, though. A lot of the more novelty bottles, now mm -hmm. one thing I like about the Skelly is it still has a cork top. It, yeah. it has a skeleton the modern on the top cork of top, it, top, yeah. but it is a modern cork mm -hmm. top that seals up better. Even so. this novelty tequila, too, the and Republic the shape, of, of, the shape the state, of Texas. Yep. the state of Texas, look yep. how much it has evaporated oh, right. since you I bought it. You can see there's already that much... Uh, it's already yes. that much away from the yeah, top, so that's very come, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. You have to uh. be careful of what kind of ceiling they're using. Now, as a comparison, there you have the um, you Reserva the, de la Familia. That's a good seal. That's yeah. That's got a wax seal <laughs> above wax it. So, yeah. above the cork, uh. and um, that really protects the bottles. All right. So let's take a quick break here. I am uh, uh, going to uh, do a little drinking news when we come back, and we're going to. Uh, to have another beer in the next segment, and um, I, I'm 
I'm enjoying this tequila so much. I've forgotten how far we are in the show. Adam, is this? Are we still on three? Yes. We are still on three. Okay. End of three. So, so when we come back, another beer, and uh, then in our final segment today, we will. Or in our final segment today, we will uh, be trying this. This this is a special bottle, right? Yes, right, it's an artisanal. That, right. uh, that's another thing I want to talk about, and a little bit, very bri- briefly, about the history. Okay, because yes, Because it's absolutely. very rich, the absolutely. history of tequila. We want to talk about that, and you can tell us where you got this bottle, too. Okay. So, uh, All right, so we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Smoking and Toasting. See, when I, the segments get really long when I start talking about tequila. <laughs> this, is, this is so much fun. Be right back. And drinking Back at Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. It's nice to have you guys on board for show number 198. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Go and check them out, buy a shirt, and support uh, the people who support Smoking and Toasting. We appreciate them. Thank you for uh, being on board as we tell you about, by the way, if you're a cigar smoker, gotta tell you about this EP Carrillo. Which I mean, uh, our buddy Alan Denny used to work yeah. for those guys. Uh, he's he's getting cigars. a lot of name checks on the show. Today. He is. You notice that? Uh, I'm going to have to go down and get him to load me up with cigars just in, <laughs> uh, just in exchange right. for all the name checks. Uh, but he used to work for EP Carrillo before he uh, opened the uh, Galveston Island Cigar Lounge. Uh, EP Carrillo has announced a new brand. It's called Pledge. They announced it back in June, and it's the third entry in their Perez Carrillo series that has La Historia and Encore as the mm. two. So those are both yeah. outstanding cigars. Uh, so this is the uh, this is the third uh, one in that series, and it is being released with a special contest going on. It's a scavenger hunt kind of contest where 12 fans will win a prize that includes a special Pledge Rosewood 75-count humidor with a glass top. Plus a cutter and lighter. They don't deliver to you full of cigars, which would be the only thing about that would have been better. Right. But but it's a beautiful humidor, and each one bears the signature of uh, Ernesto and his daughter from the company. Nice. Now here's here's the way it works. They personally signed he and his daughter the underside of the cigar band of twelve pledged cigars that were placed randomly in the boxes that were shipped out. Uh, to cigar stores all over the country. The, it's only the first 1,250 boxes that they did this with. Uh, so it's shipping to stores later this month. If you find a cigar with the autograph band, you win. And I wanted to make sure we shared it's this because— It's the golden ticket. It's the golden ticket, exactly. And I wanted to make sure we share this because can you imagine if you like didn't know about the contest, but you feel that, oh, oh look, they signed it, and then you threw the band away, and you missed <laughs> out on your uh, beautiful humidor. So— uh, due to the impact, they say, of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, Pledge is only going to be released to a select few retailers. But I do have a feeling Alan Denny may know where to get his hands on I some bet he does. for the, uh, for the uh, shop down there. But anyway, wanted to pass that along. If you're going to be able to try Pledge, make sure you at least look under the uh, band once you take it off the cigar, uh, because you could be the winner of a brand new humidor. Our guest uh, today is uh, Liliana Rodriguez. Liliana, it is so nice to be with you and talk about tequila. And uh, thank you for 
allowing us to dub you our new uh, uh, our new tequila expert on the show. I'm gonna grab a beer for Ian to pour here for this segment. I like beer. Which I usually do during the break, but uh, but forgot. This is the Elbow Fives, mm-hmm. Ian, and as you can see, they've got like you know sort of an oh, elbow yeah, shape on there. Yeah, kind of an elbowy shape. Elbow Fives is a double IPA, and I'm really uh, really kind of stoked for us to. To try this Maybe one, an you, oblong chevron. Yeah, yeah, right. Do you have That's, enough cups over there? I do. Okay, good. Uh, so go ahead and open that bad boy up, and let's do let's do some tasting. Liliana, talk to us a little bit about the history of tequila. How oh did how did people get started distilling these wonderful it's blue plants? It's fascinating, yeah? and it's still evolving. Well, um, think about ancient Mexico. Uh, many, many, probably 3,500 years ago or longer, mm-hmm. um, the Mexicans, especially the Otomis and the Zapotecs, they already knew the beauty of the agave plant, mm-hmm. and they discovered that the core of the plant um, could give them this wonderful sap called aguamiel, but in a way it was already fermented it had an alcoholic level because the core of the agave plants right. not only has a lot of starches but also has microorganisms so that was causing and fermentation yes, inside the plant yes wow that's so and, cool and there is a legend <laughs> that the goddess maya well sent them this signal that there was a thunderstorm and and a lightning rod hit one of the agaves and then and broke with it the open. heat Yes, yeah. it started uh, fermenting. <laughs> That's great. So anyway, so now let's move forward to the conquest. Um, Cortes and his men arrive in Mexico, and by 1521, um, you know, the conquest and all that, uh, an influx of Spaniards start coming to Mexico. To Mexico and, yeah. and one of their jobs was not only to evangelize the natives, but also learn everything they could about them. And they knew that they were fermenting this beverage. And it was like a mild uh, beer, right? 5% alcohol, right. Uh, 7% alcohol. And they used to call it octli, but octli. they rename it as pulque. And, but they were very strict in the Aztec civilization. Only the priests and pregnant women and people over 60 were allowed to drink pulque <laughs> legally uh, wow. and only for special I'm, ceremonies. Ian, just think one day we'll finally be drinking age. <laughs> <laughs> Nursing right. women, so because it was very nutritious. Right. So somehow, maybe a few decades after the conquest, the steel gets introduced. To this and whole the, process, the right. The steel yeah. was actually brought from Spain, and to this day, the distilleries in Mexico use the copper steels made in, made in, in Spain. In Spain. Mm-hmm. But they, um, it's not really recorded when that happened, but we also have to thank the Moors, because the Moors were the ones who taught the Spaniards about the distillation about process. Okay. Yep. Uh. And it is known that also the Egyptians already knew about it. So it's a multicultural event. And the steel begins to be used to distill that fermented product. Okay. And then it was turned into when a tequila te- was actually mezcal. born. Mezcal. The okay. first word was mezcal that comes from the Nahuatl language mexcali mm-hmm. and it's, it was referred to the the this uh, wonderful sap that they were getting from the agaves and 
being fermented and then distilled. Now, it wasn't until the 1700s that they, people started paying attention, and then the government, the Spaniard government, started taxation. And regulating But it, a yeah. lot of these little places, they used to be called taverns, mm -hmm. interestingly, mm -hmm. where they used to produce and, and offer this uh, tequila process, the, the mezcal for drinking. Right. That, um, that's a, 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 a wonderful happening, but in 1785... Then the king of Spain says, enough, no more alcohol production in Mexico. Mm. And it, that prohibition lasted 10 years, okay. 1785 to 1795. But, you know, the reason behind it is because they wanted their own wines to be consumed in Mexico, uh, the Spaniards. So they wanted, they wanted so, to sell Spanish wines rather course, than uh, mezcal. Rather, but of course, the clandestine operation continue. Just like what happened during Prohibition in the United States. <laughs> exactly, yeah. it's, a, it's the same thing. And it's, it isn't until 1795, after that prohibition is lifted by Ferdinand the, the Fourth, the King of Spain at the time, that Cuervo establishes the first distillery in so Hacienda. That's when Jose Cuervo was actually founded. Was once he was that the first one. Prohibition was lifted. 1795, and then we go through the Mexican independence. Right. 1980 to uh, 1810. I'm sorry, 1810 to 1821. But tequila continues to be consumed. Right. And and then about 75 years later. In 1870, that's when Herradura comes. Uh, so that was know, was that the second big, the big second okay. largest uh, distillery. Herradura was founded in 1870, and three years later, Sousa. Okay, but so you those know were the first that, three. Yeah, so Sousa, the the guy, one of the Sousas, uh, the founders, he had worked for Jose Cuervo for many mm -hmm. years, so he already knew the process. Knew how it worked, And then yep. he started to establish himself. You know, Ian, I can, I can only think that if more of this had been shared back in high school history class, I would have paid so much more attention. This is, <laughs> the, you know, right? the, I always used to say, why do we need to know the dates? Now I'm fascinated by the Real dates. Real history. Because that's, uh -huh. that's when the uh, first distillery now was Now let uh, me tell you together. another important part. How the drink name uh, changed its name from mezcal, from mezcal to tequila. To tequila. Uh -huh. Well, there were different designations for this drink throughout those years. It was mezcal wine, tequila wine, because it was from the region of the tequila. tequila region, where right. those, yeah. But also it was called mezcal brandy. Hmm. But, but by the uh, late 1800s, the tequila or the drink, the mezcal, is being well known outside the Mexico. Right. In 1893, during a Chicago um, uh, World's Fair, mm -hmm. there was an entry and won an award for mezcal brandy. Hmm. Move the clock a few years forward, 1910 in San Antonio. There's an entry for a tequila wine. Still, not still, still putting the word wine on it. But then yeah, in right. 1923, tequila or mezcal makes it all the way to Rome, Italy, wow. where it's recognized uh, as the vino tequila cuervo, 
been and then it seems that after that is when it the name really was shortened yeah, to just tequila. To just tequila. Okay. Now Mezcal continues to be very popular, and like you mentioned, there's yeah, a new it's trend. Really a it's resurgence growing. now, yes. What is the main two differences? There's many, but I will say two. Number one, mezcal comes from 10 different species of agaves, not agave tequilana, other right. agaves, atrovidens, many. And they have different nicknames, like the largest one is called Espadin. And they okay. take. 12 years to mature. For, so it takes longer, the but okay. they're huge. Well, okay, they will it, be it. taller than I am. So they're going know? to produce more liquid. Yes, than, uh, and, and then there's regions all over. The strongest is Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. And I have had the blessings, the blessing to be there too and see the home distilleries. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And, and, the uh, and then... Go ahead. And then the second thing is that mezcal for years and years and years remain as a peasant drink. Okay. El pueblo. Yep, yep, the yep. drink of el pueblo. Right. And, and, and tequila started moving forward and began to be exported to the United States. First in wagons, the first registries mentioned shipments in burros <laughs> to the border wow. and go through El Paso all the way to New Mexico. Wow, that's awesome. And then eventually the, the railroad. Right, you know, that's when it really started to proliferate. Mm -hmm. That's when it really brings country. a yeah. lot of dissemination. Now, uh, when uh, obviously we know how much you enjoy tequila. What's your take on most of the mezcal that's coming out right now? Do you enjoy it as much as tequila? Is it something that you are um, as big a fan of as you are of, of tequila? <laughs> I haven't been as adventurous yet, right. but that's on my on my wish list. Okay, I, right. I have Fair to. And, and again, one piece of advice for people who want to start tasting: there's so many. It blew my mind just the recent uh, numbers from the Norma Oficial Mexicana. Mm -hmm. Just to give you an example, in 1995 there were 35 distilleries. By 2003, there were 99 with 708 different tequilas. Wow. Any idea what they are right now? And it got just published. I, I couldn't even guess. It's way bigger. 142 distilleries with 1,444. It seems like there's a new tequila coming out every yeah. week. It's, you know? it's, it's, it's difficult to keep up. Mm -hmm. You have actually, there is now a, a, a university in Guadalajara that offers a degree on tequila engineering. And <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, because if you kids, if you can't find a career now, you're not, you're not my trying. My high school counselor you, never told yeah, me know. that. I know. I know. If you can't find a career now, you're just not trying. Yeah, like, yeah. That's you know, I'm if saying. my high school counselor brought me in and said, Ian, brew beer, <laughs> I'd have been like, I'm paying attention. Yeah, yeah, you have my <laughs> undivided attention. Suddenly I'm not sleeping in class as much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and one more fascinating thing. I, because I'm a biologist, as you know, microbiologist, biologist, I love plants. You're, you're well, amazing. The second important difference is that mezcal, since it continued to be a peasant drink, it always has the, the warm. And people always right. say, well, why? Tequila will never have a warm. Right. And that's then, that's what, a completely well, wrong assumption. Is the, There's two types of worms that parasite the, the agave plants. Some live in the tips and some live in the roots, the okay. red ones and the white ones. But 
the in mezcal it only gives it aus- authenticity you know it's just right. like a it's, token it's a, of it's a gimmick basically it, yes. right yes in tequila you might see the fields where they actually do the barbeo i don't know the equivalent to english it could be cutting the tips right and the purpose of that is Pruning. cutting the cutting the, the worm because the worm and, goes all the way to the tip but they're not bad worms they're beautiful creatures <laughs> they're the larvae of two different species of butterflies okay so it's like a caterpillar yes wow so anyways and and you know another important uh, piece in the history of agaves is that you know Linnaeus, the famous naturalist he named the agave the, na- the wonder plant because at the time of the conquest, they were amazed of all the uses, all not the only uses, getting yeah. this, the sap and this mildly alcoholic drink. They were using the fibers to make, right. they were making clothing. They were using the thorns as weapons or as needles. <laughs> they were using the, the big agave leaves for roofing and mm-hmm. their little cottages. So it's a wonderful plant. You can use up everything. Liliana, you are fascinating. I wanna, uh, you are just awesome. I want to point out, we've got a couple comments on here. Blake Matthews says, I've got to say I've learned more about tequila in this session than I have in my whole life. Thank you for the comment. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruce has a question. Uh, I know it's a bad thing, but where did the salt and lime thing come from? Oh. Isn't, isn't it really to help mask the sort of harsher flavor of that, uh, exactly. Less that's, that's this is before guess. the reposados and before right. the añejos when tequila was so harsh right. that it was a way of, you know, and there was a technique and drinking the tequila with a little bit, put it, putting the, the, the lime juice on the doors of your hand and then the salt and then lick it. And then drink well, it. Just to try to mask yes. how harsh well, it is. You know, everyone everyone that I meet and talk to, and I'll mention that I really love tequila, you know, you always get the, oh, yeah, I had to swear off tequila because of this one time. And then they tell you that tequila story that everybody has. But all of those stories in, mm-hmm. involve the harming of massive salt and limes. shots of oh, tequila yeah. and the harming of salt and limes. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. This is something to be savored and sipped and enjoyed. And you'd have to sip yeah. it for a long time. To come up with a story like that one you have from college when you were yeah, uh, when you were long it back. are those days, yeah, yeah, and exactly. now we will never use salt and lime. And I remember growing up in Monterrey, Mexico, and we used to drink tequila in a in a mixed uh, drink called Vampiros, like a vampire. Ah. It was tequila with a mix of uh, sangrita de la viuda. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a mix of tomato juice with orange juice and everything, and that was the only way we actually well, could. I've enjoyed some premium tequilas with a sangrita, sangrita. on the side. On the side, uh-huh. yeah. That's a yeah. really nice combination. But, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, all right, Ian, we've, I don't want this beer to get too warm. It's an IPA, so it can stand to warm what a beer? little. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Elbow Fives is our double IPA. Ian, you've already done some advanced research. What are you tasting? It's good. It is good, isn't it? I just got a sip. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's definitely a double. Um, yeah, it's, it's not... It's very citrusy. It's not super hoppy on the tail end like you'd expect. It's more citrusy mm-hmm. and a little bit bitter. Um, so I don't know what hops they're using, but whatever they're using is a little more pine cone, but it's tempered by the citrusy, I think. Yeah, definitely some citra in here, no doubt about it's that. It's really interesting how that 
that citrus and sweetness shut uh, uh, shut each other down with the uh, with the pine cone mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, what do you call it? resiny kind mm-hmm. of hop flavor because it balances it and doesn't leave it uh, as a nasty aftertaste. So I just enjoyed uh, last night one that I don't think you would like as much. Uh, Southern Star has what I believe is a seasonal. It's the Valkyrie Double IPA, and I'd uh, pick some of that up. But that definitely finishes with a much stronger hop. You yeah. can tell that it's a double. Finishes with a much stronger hop aroma. This the citra really seems to this is balance very, out the hop aroma. This quite is a bit. very viscous too. Yes, it is. It's it's, it's almost orange juice looking. Yeah. Is is this to your uh, taste? Do you oh, like this? Oh, let me tell you. You know what I taste that you didn't mention? Peaches. Mm. You taste peaches in mm-hmm. there? Yeah. I think this, you're absolutely right. Uh-huh. There is a distinct. Uh, if you go back at it now. Thinking about it, Ian, you'll definitely pull the peach out. I, of yeah, I can go with that, especially on the retro hail. I can mm-hmm. go with that. It's interesting because I expect there, like this is so thick, I expect there to be pulp in there, and there's right. not. And there's not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you ever buy the pulpless orange juice, the one that says that's no too, pulp that's on too the weird. It's too weird. Too weird. <laughs> orange juice is supposed to have pulp. Yeah, in it. I like I always about? buy the high pulp orange juice. I, way better. If I drink uh, orange juice with no pulp, I have a tendency to call it tang. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I tell you what we're going to do. This is delicious, by the way. Elbow Five is uh, westbound and down. And Ian, take a look on the can because they did this in collaboration with another brewery, uh, and you'll see the logo of the other brewery there on the can. I remember when I was putting it together, but I didn't. Brewed in collaboration with Crooked Stave. Crooked Stave. Okay, so that's a a pretty well respected brewery from, uh, as Denver, well. Colorado. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, this is this is good stuff. Both I do believe Denver. it's a seasonal. I don't know how hard or easy it would be. Uh, to find at this point, but it, it is worth tracking down. It does down. have a little bit of tang aftertaste it to does, it, It does, doesn't it? Yeah. But not in an unpleasant way. Yeah. It reminds me of being a kid and wanting, to, astronauts would wanting to be this. an astronaut. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We're back for our final segment. In the last segment, we're going to be tasting a really interesting-looking beer uh, from Untitled Art. It's called Chocolate Banana Imperial Stout, and we're going to be tasting this one, which I'll let Liliana tell us about in this next segment, but... Doesn't that just look like it's going to be good? Also, we'll answer uh, <laughs> Catherine's uh, question on here. What's Liliana's favorite way to drink tequila? Okay, so Coming we'll get to next. that. Coming up next, it's smoking and toasting, where I'm knocking over cups, and we're just getting started. You have a message here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Smoking and Toasting is in effect for our 198th show. We are brought to Halfway you by 200. Yes, we are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Uh, great shirts for cigar lovers, starting under twenty dollars. Mycigarshirts.com, all one word. Um, so, just a do you, couple. Do you, is there one on there that just says my cigar shirt? Because that would be awesome. Well, it it should actually. They should they should do one of those. This is my cigar. I'll shirt. suggest it to the powers that be. Um, August seventh was International Beer Day, and Yay, to co- beer. commemorate. Yes, I know. Uh, what I love is there's a National Beer Day, there's an International Beer Day, there's a World Beer Day. Any reason we can find to uh, to have an extra <laughs> beer is is usually a good one. Uh, but to commemorate the occasion on August seventh, Fat Tire, one of the top selling American craft beers on the market, raised their price to one hundred dollars. Per six pack, fat tire. Uh, that's roughly a one thousand percent increase yes. above what you pay for any other day of the year, and not exactly your typical, you know, corporate promotion. But 
uh, New Belgium Brewing, which makes Fat Tire, uh, they pull in an estimated $225 million in annual revenue. They're not doing this to raise money. They're doing it to raise awareness. They put out a press release that said that the temporarily inflated price, so it was just for one day, but if you went in and tried to buy Fat Tire on the 7th of August, if the store was selling it properly, it should have been $100 for the six-pack. Uh, they said they raised the price for the day, a marketing ploy uh, to reflect the true cost of beer 50 years from now if the climate crisis continues unabated. So this is their way of of kind of nudging people towards, you know, paying attention to, you know, how expensive things could be in the future uh, based on, you know, the trends in terms of the climate and global warming. So interesting. Greenwashing is what this process is called. And it's an increasingly uh, used marketing ploy in many industries. New Belgium, of course, has credentials to back up the uh, the call to action after the success of Fat Tire back in the early 90s. They have consistently uh, implemented some very environmentally friendly measures into their whole uh, business model. So anyway, if you happen to notice that the price seemed a little high a few days ago, that was why it was about calling attention to uh, some it's, important It's things. not helping to pay for uh, Al Gore to fly around and tell everybody about it's, it? It's not. It's not. No, he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not affiliated. I promise. Uh, welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are so thrilled to have uh, Liliana with us today talking tequila. We've had some great uh, some great comments on there. Oh, by the way, uh, Blake Matthews commented that his first cigar, uh, we were talking about when you got your first cigars or how young you were when you started smoking them. He says his first one was a $2 cheap cigar that he got from Astroworld. <laughs> from anyone, Astroworld. Anyone living in Houston remembers Astroworld. It used to be this great amusement park with roller coasters and water rides, oh, yeah. and, and now <laughs> it's an empty field. It was I get sad. Aww. I get yeah. sad every time I for drive me, by. For me, a lot of years, that was like where we'd go on Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah. it was Halloween night not only was you were Halloween, but they had music, they had concerts. It was it was saw it was a bunch great. of bands. Yeah, there. yeah, it was was awesome. So I see these. Uh, oh, there yeah. was a wonderful comment here from Bruce Stark. Yes, Bruce. Our buddy Bruce. Awesome. One of the best episodes ever. Bravo, Liliana. I'm home. Awesome. Oh, oh, thank we you told so you. much. We told you she's an expert. She knows what I she's talking about. I was very nervous about coming, but. <laughs> Uh, this has been wonderful so far. I don't know how you could be nervous about this after some of the lectures and stuff that you've, uh, <laughs> that you've given. But, uh, all right. So, uh, Ian, why don't you pour the stout and let's talk You're a little so bit about, uh, well, you know, uh, otherwise the show's going to go on for like three and a half hours. So um, it, while he's doing that, Liliana, let's talk a little bit about uh, about tequila prices. What do you, what do you see uh -huh. happening in the tequila industry right now? Do you think the prices are... Are they starting to get ridiculous? We've seen this to some to some extent in in whiskeys that prices are starting to get just super crazy for certain kinds of things. What do you think about what's happening now in the uh, in the world of tequila, price wise? Well, um, we're talking about um, companies, obviously, that want to make a, a lot of profit, and then. To add to that, we also have celebrities who That's want right. <laughs> their names right. associated right. with tequila. And but think about it. Think about the process of 
bringing you this wonderful how product. How long it takes. How long it takes. Now, it's labor intensive. Mm -hmm. Not only uh, the years that it takes to cultivate the agave tequilana, uh, whoever, uh, which, by the way, um, is pollinated by bats. Pollinated by pollinated bats? Pollinated by bats. Not hummingbirds, <laughs> not insects, no, by bats. bats. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. That's crazy. But I also, did not know imagine that. all the hard work of these people. There's no machinery, like right. not when they make bourbon or whiskey, or right, they have right. machines that come right. and this hard. Is by hand. This is by the, hand. The, the himadores. And himador the, is the name of the guy that. The himadores. The oh, it's uh, it's hard work, and each one of those piñas, the core of the agave, can weigh anywhere from 80 to 100 pounds and they have to carry that on their head they use they wear these special hats so that they can and balance that, it yeah because heads. there's no machinery to to drive in between the wow. rows of the plants so imagine also the process of just the uh, the cooking that takes place right. in many places and still in, in ovens like the one you were reading the label mm -hmm. about but mm -hmm. also now in autoclaves then the fermentation, and then the double distillation, and the bottling, and it, it, it's worth it. But what I don't like to see is that because um, um, Sean Diddy Combs put his name on a tequila, they want <laughs> 850 for yeah. an Añejo bottle. That bothers me. Right, because it's not, it's not selling for that because yes. the tequila really deserves to be sold at that price. It's selling for yeah, that, that because it's it's got... That money is not trickling is down to the people that made no. it. No. And, and uh, you know, Ian and I were invited uh, last year, uh, and Adam, our producer, went with us uh, to Honduras to a... Uh, uh, tobacco plantation to so the Aladino cigar factory, and we came away from that seeing all of the processes that are involved, from planting to growing to harvesting to drying and fermenting to rolling. All the by the time they were putting those cigars in the boxes, we couldn't believe that you could actually buy a cigar for eight or nine dollars. Yeah. It seemed like it. There was so much that went into every single cigar. And they make their money in pesos, in, like in right, Mexico. Right. And we can pay dollars. And I don't mind paying $100, $200 for a good bottle of Añejo. Right. So take Absolutely. that into consideration. Don't get deceived by flashy containers or right, by right. the name or of, Diddy. you know, <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson or... <laughs> Santana okay. had oddly his tequila once, though. but he 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 he, he, he dropped it. Anymore. Yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, and Sammy Hagar had oh. uh, Cabo Wabo tequila, which is a very good you know tequila, but it was uh -huh. never unreasonably priced. No, it was never super and overpriced. He sold that, and now oh. he and Guy Fieri have yes. this uh, this new tequila that they're which we had that on the show. Uh, their Blanco, it was it was really quite. He good. also partnered with Adam Levine from uh -huh. Maroon yeah, Five. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But now, interestingly, they're going to be promoting a mix of mezcal and tequila, so wait and see. Uh, that's going to be we interesting. Adam Levine does uh, wine, uh, too, doesn't he? I think he's he does, yeah. I think it, 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 he's very active. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, here in our home state of Texas, George Strait has gotten involved of in course. tequila. And he's you know probably Codigo. Yeah, it, probably the biggest country <laughs> artist of the last, uh, oh, I don't know, I uh, love George. Years. I love uh, George. So the Codigo uh, tequila, I noticed that you were involved I in a, a I virtual tasting. I bought one for the virtual tasting. I bought the Reposado because uh -huh. it's my favorite to sip and also the Añejos. 
and um, they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. And everything is made in Mexico. They follow, you know, the traditional way. And um, I love the way he enjoys his tequila in a rocks glass yeah. and with ice. <laughs> hey, whatever works <laughs> for and, you. And I ask Mike, um, um, there's a guy who is a, a, a wonderful leader in, 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 in the tequila culture. The, he leads the tequila aficionado media. Mike Morales mm -hmm. in San Antonio, and I asked him, I sent him an email, what do you think about your straight thinking? He said, Liliana, when you are a millionaire and people all over adore you, you can do whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Um, Ian, I don't know if you've had a chance to... Uh, Put so, your nose to the glass of this beer. First yet? off, you mean my half a glass of beer? Your half a glass of beer? Yeah. So first off, smell that. Oh, it wow. smells you it's know what it reminds me of a banana split. Amazing. Did you ever get a did you ever get a banana split at Dairy Queen? Yeah. Uh, and, and chocolate. Yeah. I smell uh -huh. chocolate. Uh, that's what but lots of banana, lots of chocolate. This which smells is what it's supposed to have. Amazing. So like yeah. if I could just make a cologne that smells like this, mm -hmm. I'd probably attract bees too, but mm -hmm. it's Unbelievable! It smells so good. So maybe bats looking for the agave plants would, uh, <laughs> would come and hang out around yeah, you. Yeah, you know, chocolate. That's an another uh, thing Mexico gave to the world mm -hmm, that people don't know. Mm -hmm. And it tastes just as good as it smells. So Untitled Art, these guys are... are Holy cow. Did you say you bought this at Specs? I did, in a four-pack. I, I am heading there. Yeah, it's it's. I was I was so excited to see it, and my excitement was nothing compared to, I was telling you, the guy that checked me out. He... I thought he was going to, like, you know, just run out of the store and tell everybody. How do you feel about this? Have you I, tried I yours? I think it's great. Um, it's something that I will enjoy maybe like a dessert. Like a dessert. Yeah. It's very much it like is, a dessert. Yeah. It is very much. It it's, is also, just to let you know, 11%. Now, see, this doesn't come off boozy at all no, to me. No, it's huge, though. But it's, it's almost like a banana chocolate milkshake. Yeah. Uh, and almost feels as as harmless as that might be in terms There's of. There's a, um, what is that flavor that what are the uh, that that waffle cone flavor in mm -hmm. there as well that mm -hmm. kind of, you know that the the classic waffle cone. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. the, like the not it's the a malty kind yeah. of bready kind of flavor yeah. in there going uh, on. You can caramel, definitely pull that out of there. Caramel, yeah. a little yeah. bit of it's caramel. It's so good. Mm. Like, so I, last week I was on the river. Yes. And um, one of the guys in the club uh, kept pulling out beers. He's like, here, you got to try this. Here, you got to try this. And I was hanging out with him because um, everyone else was drinking Lone Star. And he was like, here, you got to try this stout or you got to try this <laughs> double IP. Oh, or you, you, try you found your tubing buddies. What you well, found. let me tell you, like, I'm not the guy that has to drink Lone Star all the time when I'm sitting in the sun. Yeah. I, I can drink a stout yes, or a barley wine or a porter. I don't have, I don't have to have a specific <laughs> drink for the sun. Uh, so how this did that, how did that go? Oh, it went fantastic. I brought the, uh, I brought the, um, that giant Alec Bradley cigar that I got. Ah, uh, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. So, uh, and, uh, and that lasted for part of the river. It was very slow, and then I had a um, Blackworks Killer Bee as a backup cigar, and I ended up finishing that one as well. Nice, nice. Um, well, this is delicious and highly recommended. It's, we, it is almost a dessert. We have one quick question here. Bruce asks, he hadn't had tequila since right after high school. What would mm -hmm. you recommend for a first-time tequila drinker to try? Where do you start? That's a great question. Where do you mm -hmm. start? 
you could start by trying some reposados. I think I think them. it's a good uh -huh. starting point. Yeah. Like I think herradura, a classical one, patron. Yeah. But now there's so many websites with excellent reviews mm -hmm. about people prior experience. But I can also recommend, and I don't know if you can show these, um, I can. buy the little samples, right? right. And then That's you a, the, start the, experimenting the smaller sizes you can, you before can. you start uh, expend yeah, the, spending the a bottles, lot of money. They're usually up by the... Mm -hmm. uh, up by the front of the liquor the store, the store, and yeah. they have a whole yeah. bin of them, you know. And also, sometimes behind the counter too. Some taquerias in Houston have these wonderful bars. There was one mm -hmm. on Normain near for I-45 that I used to go to. It had a, a bar called Don Julio, and over there I enjoyed all kinds of tequilas for eight dollars a shot. Nice. And then you can start learning, and you just and, try and, different then, ones, and the yeah. bartender will. Well, he's in Michigan, so he's probably yeah. not going to have the tequila oh, bar down the road. There, but, but over there, he can get the, 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 yeah, the yeah, samples. Yeah, he can, he can yeah. definitely try yeah, the samples. That's a, that's and, a, a uh -huh. very, very, very mm -hmm. good suggestion. Look for that hundred percent um, de agave. However. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, absolutely, you, very you, good. You definitely and, and remember to see your read for the NOM and your CRT mm -hmm. and everything. Um, so, Liliana, tell us about this bottle. This is going to be the last thing that we taste today. Uh -huh. uh, where did this come from? This is an añejo. Okay. And what is uh, what is this? Why is this That's one special to you? Well, it's, it's dear here. to my heart because my son Carlos Ulloa gave it to me for Mother's Day. Oh, that's an but awesome Mother's Day present. It's part of a <laughs> new trend if... in tequila making. Right. It's called artisanal. Okay. So and what what do that means? It means they're going back to the old way back to the roots of how well, the roots done. of the 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 grinding of the of the tequila cores oh you need cups <laughs> using the um the the ovens made of stone rather than right. that an autoclave to cook the piñas um the, some people are back to using the tajona which is a gigantic um stone to go around or a floor covered mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. rocks to smash the piñas once they were cooked. Right. So that is an artisanal. This is all very old school uh, yes. methods, right? And, to, uh... and so that, that is a wonderful thing. Now, the, I'm, I'm always very critical about things. And mm -hmm. I guess being a microbiologist, I look with my microscope at things. Right. <laughs> so the only thing I have about the, to say about that tequila, but it tastes wonderful. I've been enjoying it. Uh, it's a... It has a wonderful aroma and smoky flavor. Is that they put a little flag there on the bottle, but mm -hmm. it's not the Mexican flag. It's the, it looks like the Italian flag. That's so interesting. <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't know, because it's did so they, tiny. Did they maybe they, just get the flag wrong? Well, well <laughs> I don't know. Um I don't know. It's a beautiful bottle. Uh, the seal, it is a gorgeous the I love the seal, seal with on the it. Yeah. agave plant is, mm -hmm. is just uh, exquisite. But I, I the the label the the flag it doesn't have an eagle in the middle. Right. Perch on a prickly pear cactus. Which is the Mexican flag. Which is flag, the Mexican yes. flag. Uh, okay. Yeah. And by the way, did you know that the the prickly pear cactus is our state plant in Texas? The state plant of Texas? Yes. Now, I know the state flower is the blue bonnet, but I didn't but know the, the cactus was oh, the, yes. the prickly pear is yes, the state since cactus. Since 1995. <laughs> so <laughs> she's not only <laughs> A tequila expert, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. 
but she also knows everything about cactus and succulents okay. that you could possibly want to know. So <laughs> not everything. Uh. <laughs> I learn every day. We have uh, we, yeah, one more. Okay, this is great that we're going to use. And thank you for that, sharing this with us. Okay, well, this is a, a cognac or kind of a cognac mm -hmm. glass, and this is the one recommended to enjoy a good añejo. Okay, and it's because uh -huh. the shape allows for you to get a sense of the nose. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That and, and smells maybe terrific. you knew more than I do about this when they said you have to shake it and see the the tears, the legs, yeah, mm -hmm. the tears. They say, they call it lágrimas in in Spanish. The and in wine tasting, they call right. it legs. Legs, right. uh huh. And and in wine tasting, basically they they teach you that if you're if you're drinking a red wine, for example, that there should be a sort of a solid line of mm -hmm. red. And then a small line of clear mm -hmm. around it indicates that it's a very, uh, very good, uh -huh. well, uh, well prepared wine. So three things, right? As you guys mm -hmm. are pros and know about tastings, I the sight, <laughs> the sight, the yeah. sense of smell, right. and the sense of tasting, right? So what do you think of the smell? Well, I, that's all I've done so far is just. Taking the nose, pepper but it smells terrific. You can get pepper on the almost nose. Almost a buttery smell to it. You can get pepper on the nose, which you don't always get uh, on an añejo. You often get more of the um, the mellower uh, aromas, but you definitely get some pepper on this one, uh, on the mm -hmm. nose. The other thing you're going to see among the new trends is the word organic. Mm -hmm. And what do that means? It will mean that they're not going to use fertilizers or, right. or, or anything, um, uh, insecticides, pesticides among the acabes. Yeah. They still ten have to tend the, the, the fields, right, and mm -hmm. remove weeds and everything, but right. no chemicals. And also another important thing on or being organic is they're not going to use an outside yeast for the fermentation process. Mm. They use the natural yeast already present mm. in the core of the agave plant. So they're not adding yeast at all? When they said they're um, organical, artisanal, and all that. And you're seeing yeah. that coming up more and more in certain brands of tequila. Yes, because the most discriminative taste, of course, they they want the best. They want the purest. Well, it's it, the it, same it, as, as paying a little more for organic vegetables. You mm -hmm. know you're not going to get a pesticide aftertaste on your apple. You know. So <laughs> on here it says, uh, Las Hoyas del Agave introduces connoisseurs to a discreet selection of Jalisco's finest distilleries. Um, no two Arte NOM's selecciones will ever be the same as each represents qualities that celebrate the region and origin and unique distillation technique. We invite you to learn more about tequila terroir and the provenance of our selecciones at our website. Well, this, mm -hmm. I can tell you, is delicious. It certainly opens with a very full, peppery... Um, vibe on on the palate but then as you as it finishes you get a little more of those notes of vanilla um and some of the more things that you think of as a little more traditional on yeho flavors kind of come up on the back of it and it's it's, it's and, and to paraphrase what i think you're saying it starts off pretty bold mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then you can start tasting the more delicate Absolutely, uh, flavors. That's more on the finish that, and after and, that first initial kind of mid palate, mm -hmm. yeah. blast of flavor. And yeah. to our re uh, label reader, 
I want to point out <laughs> a, some, something interesting, too. Here, you even get a handwritten number of mm -hmm. the lot of oh, agaves nice. yep. used for the production of Where this bottle. Where the actual agaves came from. That's great. I love a, this person writes neater than I do, but they run out of space the same way that I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're like running right over into the edge of the label. What? Uh, what? Uh, not to uh, uh, give away what your son spent on your gift, but uh, but what what would a bottle of this cost? You know? I don't have an idea. I okay. wanted to be modest and not nosy, and I didn't. <laughs> and okay. I did promise him that I was gonna save some for him so okay, he could good. taste it well, as well. Because oh, he's well, the then, lucky recipient of one of the Rolling Stone bottles oh, from okay, Reserva okay. La Familia. I don't know if he has any left for well, me, but I was I was just about to say if you want to save some of that for him, I would suggest maybe putting it away now. Because it is delicious. If Carlos and wants to jam a little bit, and really share some of close to Ian. <laughs> you know, my son uh, knows Ian. Yeah, uh, they played, you played together, together in, in a band. band. Right, we did. That's yes. it. Quite a few years yeah. ago. Uh -huh. That's right. Well, um, I will tell you, Liliana, this show has been a blast for me. I have. To, I've been looking forward to this one for a long time, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we originally had scheduled it earlier, but we had to had to reschedule. And so I'm so glad that we finally got to do yeah. this. And and I wanna I wanna thank you for uh, being here and telling us about all all this crazy information, things I never would have known. Yeah. And if people want to find out more about tequila, where where'd you get your Mm -hmm. uh, some of your knowledge you got yeah. from going to the distilleries and <laughs> yes. stuff. But where can people find out more about tequila? Well, there are books for people who like to read. But also there is now a new app called Tequila Matchmaker that they tequila can download from Google Play. Uh -huh. um, there's it's also... Like, it's like match.com for me and for tequila. For tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's the tequila aficionado. I already mentioned mm -hmm. Mike Morales in San Antonio. Right. The tequila aficionado media blog. He has a lot of wonderful emails and magazines. Uh, Taste.tequila.com is another blog from two gringos that move into Mexico because they love tequila so much. <laughs> and, and they Sounds were, like a plan, Ian. They were journalists. <laughs> Yeah, and, and now so they started they, this they, blog. They, they started That's that blog. taste.tequila.com? Yes, okay. taste.tequila.com blog. Also, um, if you read Spanish, the CRT website, mm -hmm. and the Consejo Regulador de Tequila, and also the NOM, is the Norma Oficial Mexicana, tells you all the different products now available. And you can get Google to translate that for you, and by the way. Nice and if easy. you also we'll want a piece of advice on tasting, mm -hmm. um, I will check the scores from the San Francisco World Spirits Competition okay. that they have every year. Yeah, yeah. Tequilas always make it there at the uh, top. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. And did you know that now the the consumer, the highest or uh, the top consumer of the of tequila is? Wh which country? Is it the United States? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah. not necessarily surprised. Yeah. Listen, we've been you know we've been drinking tequila in the states for a while. But it, as a as a beverage of choice, has definitely surged uh, over the past few years. Now we've seen the same thing happen with rum, and of course with uh, with bourbons. But uh, there's something about tequila to me that stands out as being a very different spirit from those things. I think of rum and whiskey as almost being cousins to each other, but uh, but tequila is like that friend you have that that came in from down the street and said. 
check this out. This is a little different. Well, you know, you know before we started the show, I knew just about nothing. Before we started the original beginning, before we of started the smoking show, and toasting, yeah. Um, I knew almost nothing about tequila, and I wasn't a big fan. I, I did not like it. It's just that my experiences with it were the average, mm-hmm. you know, college experiences. And it, you are always much more a big fan of tequila, and it introduced me to a whole world of it that made a big difference. This has been incredibly enlightening to me because yes, I haven't really spent has. any real time uh, researching mm. and learning much about tequila. So I'm, thank I'm you glad. very much. And it's been I'm fun glad. for us. And by the way, yeah. the tasting's been outrageous. Yes. My good. pleasure. <laughs> so will you allow us from this point on to refer to you as our tequila <laughs> expert? Is that okay? If you wish. Okay, thank you. I, I wanted to make sure we had your permission. Uh, Liliana, let's do this again. Uh, I, I actually had uh, been talking to Ian about we were going to do this for a show uh, several weeks ago, and then I had my dates mixed up, and we actually had a guest booked for that. So we haven't done it. We would love to have you back. We wanted to do a Reposado blind taste test where we taste uh, you know, five or six different Reposados, talk about what mm-hmm. they are, pick our favorites, and then reveal which uh, which ones they are. Would you come back and join us for that in a few months? If I'll we... be honored oh, if that... I get invited. Okay. Right. So, yes. Very good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for being mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, can people find you on Facebook? How do they find you on, on Facebook if they want to see the, the photos? Adam, uh, did we ever put up the photo of her? Uh... Oh, can, can we, we can... put that up right now? There, we have a photo of Liliana's uh, uh, tequila shelves. And I, yeah, I, I because I'm not that. a commercial enterprise of right. any kind. Right, I'm just you're just you, a regular person who well, loves and you're now her the, culture. And now and you're the official tequila expert of smoking. But and I also so. love my Texan culture. You yes, know that absolutely. I have lived for over 30 years. I'm mm-hmm. a member of uh, the speakers committee of the Houston so Livestock Show and Rodeo. You can see this, uh, Ian. This is her collection of books about tequila, I believe, or uh, at least at least books about uh, about Mexican culture. Yeah. 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 No tequila. Yeah. Those oh, are all about tequila. tequila. Okay. Solely tequila. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. My, we have a library, and my husband is actually ca- with so much time to kill, right, in yeah, quarantine. Yeah. He's cataloging there you all go, Ian, the, the tequila books shelves. we have. That's amazing. See that? That's Some awesome. Yeah. Well, Liliana, this has been such a pleasure. Um, we will uh, we will absolutely invite you back and, uh, as long as you will uh, be willing to hang out with us, and we'll try to bring some good things along to taste. So, Thank you so um, much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of this very special tequila show. It's been a whole lot of fun for us, and we will uh, be back again next week. We're going to be doing a lot of cigar talk next week because Trey Boring will be joining us. He is our legal expert. He works with uh, not only with Cigars for Warriors, which is an incredibly Amazing. awesome and amazing organization that sends cigars mm-hmm. out to our servicemen and women that are stationed overseas. But he also is a part of Cigar Rights of America. They are the people. There's not a lot of people who lobby for premium cigar fans. That's what they do. They watch the law. They are very much aware of what's happening, and they try to stand up for our rights as uh, as people who enjoy a premium cigar every now and then. And Trey will bring us up to speed on the very latest in the legal battle. And, of course, knowing Trey, he'll... Uh, uh, tell a few off-color jokes and uh, enjoy some drinks with us. So that'll be uh, that'll be something to look forward to. Uh, thanks very much to uh, Mary for putting this together. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel, and uh, thanks to you for being with us. For uh, at least some of you have been with us for 198 episodes, uh, including the mystery episode, which never got aired. But that's another topic for another time. Have a great week, my friends. We will uh, be back with you and uh, Trey Boring next week and. Uh, We usually say cheers, but we should say salud. Salud. Thank you. 
Smoking and toasting. Yes, my Yeah, we had to leave some material for next time. <laughs>